Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Brace yourself, brace yourself. We could be in for a bumpy ride this morning. It's Anne Whittacombe's birthday. She will, of course, get within about 15 feet of the cake. It's got 69 candles on it. It'll probably take up most of the cake. Uh, Today's news is, I was once a man, now I'm a woman. It's the first transgender journalist I think we've seen on the television. The BBC have said we're very... I'll tell you the story later on. We're very proud to welcome uh, India to our team of freelancers. I thought that was put in very quickly, you know. In other words, we don't actually want her here permanently, but freelance is a novelty item, you know. Uh, Kerry's joy at hubby reunion, hilarious, isn't it? Kerry Coke Toner, the man she kicked out, she now goes, oh, we're all touchy-feely again. Must be getting desperate for money, dear, by now, aren't you? I should imagine you're very desperate. Also, Home Alone, the dog's distress. The amount of people who leave their dogs at home. Uh, Gemma Collins, oh, it tied in nicely, didn't it? And apparently her last boyfriend, he's uh, just gone to prison for thieving for two years. She really does pick him, doesn't she? But that's the best she can manage, I suppose. Somebody who's been in prison, starved of just any sort of sex. They come out of prison and, oh, look, Gemma Collins is available. Ploughing his lawn, the disabled benefit fraudster. And Daniela Westbrook and her boyfriend, oh, she's not at all happy. The old woman, you know, with the face that can talk... It just gets worse and worse and you look at her and we just, we just thank God she's not in our family. And it now turns out he's cheated on her. <laughs> She's called him scum. <laughs> One minute, best thing in my life, flogging the story, pictures in OK magazine, the next minute he's scum. I don't know why we bother putting these people anywhere near any sort of media publicity, because it's just a waste of time, isn't it? Complete and utter waste of time. Anyway, nice to have you company. I hope you had a good day yesterday. I had a very nice day yesterday. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm going to have a very nice day today, because uh, we, we start, I think... Eight days of interviews. I think it's eight days. Starting today, George Takei from Star Trek. There's a, a 50... Is it really 50 years since it came out? Is it Rick? It can't be 50 years, can it? God, God I didn't think it was, people were old enough for that sort of thing. But anyway, so he's uh, coming in today. Danny DeVito's coming in tomorrow. Uh, Raymond Blanc's coming in on Thursday together with uh, Ken Hom. Uh, Alexander Armstrong and uh, Richard Osman are coming in. And we've also got who's the other? We've got somebody else coming in on uh, Friday as well. It's quite a it's quite a cast list actually. I'm even I'm even impressed myself. But it does go uh, in swings and roundabouts. And this is uh, this is this is Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe, who's uh, who's going to be coming in. We think on Friday this week, and then next week Jack Whitehall's coming in. Ron Howard's coming in. God, I'll tell you, I'm working harder than Jonathan Ross at the moment. If only for the same amount of money, ladies and gentlemen. But apart from that, yesterday was lovely. Uh, and it was uh, it was very nice, actually. I had a, a sort of a lazy day. I fell asleep, which I shouldn't have done. That's my cardinal sin. Do not go home after you've finished and have a lie down for an hour or so. Because I did that yesterday. Then I uh, went out uh, with John and we were doing deliveries. and And then I stupidly went back home. Uh, nipped out Costco, bought a few little items, are we cool? Uh, haven't got any skinny Prosecco in just yet. They've only got the fat Prosecco, but that's OK. Uh, one of my neighbours moved out, which was a shame, because he was very nice. We hardly ever saw him. He worked for the uh, airlines and his uh, girlfriend. They've moved to Southampton. So I said, when are you moving? He went, now. <laughs> We're going now. I went, oh, right, OK. So, uh, so that was that, and then I got it, and then I slept again. I stupidly went to bed a bit early. Woke up at about four o'clock. But, of course, by that time, I thought I'd had a sleep. And, um, and so when it came to climbing into bed, I was tired, but I woke up again after about an hour and a half. And it was like that all night, right? 
pain in the rear end. Honestly, I hate when you just doze, wake up, doze, wake I'm feeling like that a bit now, actually. I look at the producer and he's kind of got those sort of... It's like, you know, and you're back in the room. It's that kind of situation, isn't it, really? Isn't it, really? Very quiet in here today. There's nobody coming up from downstairs. No? They've just deserted you. They just don't like you, do they? Have you noticed that? When, when, when Chris is here, the main producer, there's a swarm of people. It's like party time next door in there. You're in and, you know, and Darren comes in and everything else. You sit there. Nobody comes in. It's like we're Billy No-Mates, isn't it? We're like Samaritans on a quiet night. It doesn't matter, does it, really? I don't think there is such a thing as Samaritans on a quiet night. Anyway, so what was I going to talk to you about today? Well, I'm, I'm curious over the Kim Kardashian heist, as we're now calling it, because she can tell you anything. And we know that she, uh, she loves publicity. We know that, you know, things can be made. There's no CCTV in this place. You know, it's supposed to be luxury apartments. By, by, by French standards, that could mean anything. A room with a small padlock on it, a little chub lock or something. Uh, to, uh, anyway, I would have thought, you know, it would have been easier to make sure that she had some sort of security. If you've got, like, £10 million worth of diamonds and, uh, and jewellery, you'd have really good security. If it's all hers, I couldn't care less. Makes no difference. Presumably, it's insured, but I'm assuming, and I don't want to step out of turn here because it happened in another country, and, frankly, it doesn't come under our jurisdiction at all, but if she didn't make ample provision to keep those jewels secure, the insurance company's not going to pay out. Why would they pay out? You know, you're supposed to look after it. You had, what, £10 million worth of jewellery? Where was it? Oh, it was in my bag on, on, the, on, the, on the side. What? Not in a safe or anything? No? Well, we're not paying out then, are we? More fool you. Because then you start becoming suspicious. And the Miss Marple inside me, not at this precise moment, starts sort of going, you know, is this, is this a publicity? We know that, that Kanye isn't particularly good with money. We know he's not particularly good with money. But, uh, but what, what use are these diamonds? You won't be able to fence them. Because they're, they're well known. They are accepted... Bits of jewellery, they're, you know, they're sort of... And also, one of them, she was flashing off, wasn't she, on social media a short while ago. But I always think, you know, if you're stupid enough to flash your wealth about, then somebody's clever enough to take it off you. So all you've got to do in Paris is dress up as a policeman, a gendarme, because I know the French, and, um, and, and then you sort of break in, and you knock on the door, and the little concierge, oh, we, uh, we need to come in. And so they go in, held him up at gunpoint, he was marched to her apartment, where he just let them in. They've obviously given him the key. I mean, to be honest with you, it's a typical little French man. He'll be sitting there. He, he won't know what's hit him. She didn't know what hit her either. She was tied up and they gagged her. Thank God for that. I mean, that was the only saving grace in the whole thing, that at least she wasn't speaking. And they put her in the marble bath. They were very keen to say she was put in a marble bath, as opposed to the usual sort of chronically bad baths that we all have. She had a marble bath, proving that she's so rich. Well, there you go. If you're rich enough and you've got all this, uh, all this jewellery and diamonds and everything else, it's your problem. It's got sod all to do with me. I couldn't care less what happens to... You know, to be honest with you, why don't you do what a lot of very rich people do? They have copies made of their jewellery, so they wear the fakes, because you never, you never get insurance. What would her insurance be for actually going out with this amount of jewellery? It would be astronomical. You know, you would have to make sure that you didn't... You didn't actually flaunt your jewellery. And the insurance companies would be saying to you, so you were flashing this $3 million ring on social media. Well, more fool you. More fool you. What a stupid thing to do. Really ridiculous. Oh, my phone's gone already. It's very exciting. And um, funny you mentioned your neighbour is moving out, says my friend Ian, who is far, far away. Far, far. He's <laughs> very far away. Bless his heart. In fact, he's so far away. It always amazes me. I'm always fascinated by how far away people can be. And then and then you sort of 
you, you sort of contact somebody and you get it backwards and forwards in seconds. It must be the satellite, mustn't it? How does it penetrate this ceiling? Because this is concrete, this floor. How does it go through this? How does it go through concrete? How do radio waves go through concrete? How do we send this? And all these words, he types it, and it, they arrive here. How does that happen? Through concrete, I ask you. Isn't that unbelievable? I'm sitting in a little box in the middle of London, and a friend of mine in Phoenix, Arizona, sends a text, and it gets here in seconds. In fact, literally, it's taken less than a minute, and all the words are in the right order. How does that happen? How does that happen? Anyway, so it's funny you mentioned your neighbours moving out and you only realised as they were leaving. I had the same with my neighbour today. Shame, because he was a man with a lot of tools and whenever I needed to borrow one, he'd do the work for me as he knows I'm no good with a screwdriver. None of this message is a, euf- is a euphemism, by the way, says Ian. Actually, I used to get called on by everybody because I'm also the one who's got all the tools. I've got the electric screwdrivers, I've got the saws, I've got the hammer drill, I've got all of that kind of stuff. I never use it, but people just come knocking on my door and go, oh, Steve, you haven't got a Phillips screwdriver electric, have you? And I go, do you know, strange, you should answer that, but yes, I have. Yes, I have. And uh, it's her birthday. Yes, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's lovely. Lovely Anne Whittacombe's birthday today. I don't know what you would buy Anne Whittacombe as a present. I've really got no idea. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that uh, she would want. She's 69 years old. She can't want, for, well, apart from a man. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? I wonder if she'd ever settle down. Is it, is it possible for it to be too late now at 69 for her to settle down with somebody? You know, do you get to that age and you go, do you know, I can't really be bothered anymore now. Excuse me? <sighs> I mean, I think it'd be quite nice if she found somebody who on earth could put up with her, though. That'd be the nightmare, wouldn't it? Being actually able to put up with Anne Whittacombe. Eight four eight five O Steve at LBC. Oh, I reported that man, Maxine, who was uh, tailgating me on the motorway to the company. They said they're looking into it. I said, don't need to look into it. I've got video footage. My car's equipped with cameras. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Kim Kardashian. Steve's going to milk this for years. Well, she started saying she had a, a gun held to her head and everything else. Well, why did they hold a gun to her head? Why didn't they just kill her? Why don't they just kill her? They're obviously... But then we had this bloke on the news who said that it was going on all the time. There's all these sort of robberies going on all the... Well, I mean, I mean, I know we had it. Didn't we have it in Cannes some years ago? Cote d'Azur, they had a, a jewellery uh, festival or something like that, and somebody got robbed of serious amounts of money. Half! You know, I mean, just even unbelievable amounts of uh, money. 84850, uk, And uh, another one here. And this is from, 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 from. I'm trying to get them all in, actually, this morning. Uh, oh, I get some in, in in another language, which, of course, is lovely, but I don't speak another language, so there's no point. Uh, a lot of people talking about uh, the story in the Daily Mail online, the Prosecco, the diet Prosecco. It's got half the amount of sugar. But actually, I was told if you buy the dry Prosecco, it's got less sugar in it anyway. So less sugar in the dry Prosecco. But I can't find the dry Prosecco. I can only find... The, the normal Prosecco. But, I mean, I like the idea of having a diet of, of Prosecco. I think that's quite a nice idea, isn't it? Because then, of course, you kind of justify it to yourself that you're losing weight but drinking the same amount of Prosecco. And I bought ten bottles yesterday, which was lovely. Uh, I did get the picture, Ian, of your uh, Christmas tree. Uh, he says, I'm wondering... I, I, bet I haven't got the rest of this text, actually. It's, it's coming in bit by bit. He said, I'm wondering whether it's too early to put it up. I think I'll get it out after Halloween. Halloween is... 31st of this month. I don't really do Halloween. I know that the Americans are big into Halloween. They like dressing up as ghouls and ghoulies. 
and things like that and sort of go, ooh, ooh. They did it on um, E.T., didn't they? When E.T. goes out and they're all dressed up as, as sort of strange-looking people. We tend not to do it as much in this country, but I think the Americans are pushing us to do it. Whereas I'm, I'm not particularly bothered by that. But I, I think you could put it up now. They've got a new one this year. Costco have got a new one this year, which is... Um, which is sort of three different layers of a tree, all hollowed out inside, with little figures that go round and round. I looked at it and thought of you immediately, Ian. Uh, Phil Vickery, I don't know if he's back with us in the fold, or if he's, um, or if he's sort of still away. I don't know, actually. I'm not too sure. But he does say good morning, so that's always a bit of a start, isn't it? I like the idea of somebody saying good morning, because I think it's a good idea. When is it too early to put a Christmas tree up? Is it too early to sort of do it now? I don't know. I'd be more than happy to go out and get lights and stuff like that. Uh, TV's Gloria Hannaford, twist of fate, saved my husband's life after a stroke. Uh, Stephen apparently had a stroke, came into the bedroom. Oh, jet lagged, goes Phil. Ooh, that's not nice, is it? Jet, I mean, why is it? I was talking to somebody the other day and I was, I was saying, I'm so tired watching the television. And I said, but I, I, I do have this thing. Sometimes when I go home on the train... I could actually fall asleep on a train. And she did the Orient Express. She said, don't think that you just climb into bed and it's all smooth and you just drift off to sleep. She said, the noise the thing makes, really. She said, you do sleep, but it's not, you know, it's not all smooth sailing. It does stop and start and stop and start. I said, but I still quite fancy it, the idea of turning down a bed on the Orient Express, you know, and then just climbing into your bunk and then just... Just drift, and then waking up somewhere else. I quite fancy that idea. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Nick Ferrari, Jeremy Hunt plans to focus on training up more homegrown British doctors. Makes it sound like a garden centre, doesn't it? Oh, they're coming in nicely, they are today. We've got potatoes, we've got, look, we've got a doctor. Uh, Nick asks how vital have immigrants been to the NHS... Also, the Prime Minister, Theresa May, will be live on LBC from the Conservative Party conference. And a billboard showing a woman's bottom has been branded a disgrace by many. Nick will be asking, is the advert sexist? Is it a woman's bottom? Do we know it's a woman's bottom or is it a man's bottom? Difficult to tell, isn't it, really? That's all with Nick Ferrari at, uh, at breakfast. Looking at the papers today, Caroline Wheeler, political editor of the Sunday Express. Actually, somebody was saying that in one of the prisons in this country, uh, the prisoners have been told to take down pictures of uh, topless women which they have in their cells. and But if you're gay, you can have pictures of sort of half-naked men. Seems fair enough, doesn't it? I always thought that was a bit naff anyway. People who put up pictures, like going to a garage, and there's pictures, you know, the sort of the Pirelli calendar and that kind of thing of, you know, women with big jugs, hold, you know, and uh, doing all that kind of stuff. And then there's a beefcake version. So perhaps you should just have one of each. There should be a trans calendar, shouldn't there? There should be a trans Canada, trans Canada highway. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I thought of Trans-Canada, no idea, actually. Phil's having a cup of tea. You'll need it. He says, uh, I took the Orient Express from Bangkok to Singapore. was a nightmare to sleep. <laughs> this is what everybody tells me. I just fancied it yesterday, though. I don't know why I was thinking about the, the thing. Um, and said, we got onto smooth rails in Malaysia. The butler was excellent, though. I just fancy the idea of, of a train where you just sleep and people just let you sleep. You don't want to wake up and you've dribbled. That's the worst thing, isn't it? You want to make sure that you arrive there. So if somebody wheeled out a big double bed with lovely white sheets and everything else and you just sort of, oh, I could just go to sleep. Isn't it the most exciting thing? Terrible if you've got jet lag. That's really awful because it just, I don't know, I don't care what anybody says, jet lag always throws you out. All right, going out, it's the coming back bit. I'll try and get back into it and I'm just, I'm just absolutely rubbish. Uh, Steve, I would buy Anne Whittacombe a nice brooch. 
I think she'd be easy to buy for. Yeah, she'd probably like sort of an old lady boat uh, brooch kind of thing. Don't you think so? That would be the sort of thing you would probably buy her. I can't think of anything else. I can't think of anything else that would be of uh, of interest to Anne. Would I mean, at her age, you know, she must have everything, mustn't she? I would think you do get to certain ages and you think, I've got everything. There's nothing I need. So when somebody asked me the other day, they said, what do you want for Christmas? I said, I seriously, I don't need anything. If I want something, I'll go and buy it. I wouldn't mind the Star Trek box set. That'll be nice. But I don't know how much it is. I'll have to, the producer will find out. Uh, Jones, 84 today. God, I'd, I'd wrap your presents early, love. Christmas is around the corner. 84, honestly. What's that like? I, sp- I spoke to a friend of mine the other day. And anyway, she was on a train. And she was coming up from Brighton to London. And an old man gets on. And he, he's very old. And it takes him a while to actually get on the train. They sit him down, all the rest of it. They get to the other end. And they, uh, he, he can't stand up, so they help him up. And so this, this friend of mine said, oh, God, you're, you're very old. Where are you going to? And he said, I'm going to a reunion or whatever it was. And um, she said, how old are you? Because they, they, were t- they got into, into a conversation about old soldiers. And her father was, uh, was in the Polish army. And so she was saying to him, she said, how old are you? And he said, I'm 92. And she went, wow, she said, you're incredible for 92, apart from just being, you know, helped up and things like that. And it turned out that he was, um, he was part of the Bridge Over the River Kwai crew. Well, there can't be many of those left, can there? And she said she just felt like crying when he walked away because he was just somebody who was so terribly famous. But yet you'd walk past him in the street and just go, it's another old man, isn't it? Uh, I know you're interested in customer service, Steve, so I thought you'd like this. I was due to go to Cornwall yesterday by train to stay with my friend. Unfortunately, I was unwell and unable to go. Applied to Trainline for a refund, but was told I wasn't eligible. So, thinking that wasn't fair, I emailed the CEO of Trainline, explaining my predicament. The CEO herself replied, saying that owing to my circumstances, she would allow me a refund. All I've got to do is return the tickets by recorded delivery, and I get it. Always pays. I've always said, Diana, what have I always said? Don't deal with the uh, with the monkey. Go to the organ grinder. Always go to the organ. Always send it registered. And and if you write if you write a rude letter to the to the CEO of a company, you're not going to get much back. You're not going to get much back. But if you write a nice polite letter, then you will get a result. And so you know she's got to send it back, recorded delivery, and um, and she will get her money back. Always pays to complain. You've just got to do it in the right way. You know, you've got to be nice. If, if you take on that, give me my money back or I'm going to take it to the police or go to court, they're, they're going to go whistle in the wind. Whistle in the wind. Uh, I'm on holiday in Turkey. Says somebody. I don't know who it is, actually. Wait a minute. Do I know who it is? It's Tracy. Poor old soul. She's from Slough. Somebody's got to be. I doubt it'll be there when you get back, Tracy. We're, we're hoping to have it bombed out of all existence. But uh, she said, with my daughter Becky... And they're two hours in front, so I keep waking up at 6am just in time to tune into the show. Thank God, because I hate to miss you when I'm abroad. Well, there you go. I don't like people to miss the programme either. I mean, it, I did, somebody the other day said, I couldn't cope with Steve Allen eating on the programme. I thought, you're particularly stupid, aren't you? I do love the really, the really thick ones, because I just delete those. I mean, it's the same person. They just keep finding other ways of sort of contacting the programme. So I just keep deleting them, because it comes up if I've deleted and it comes from the same computer. So I've got all this information in front of me, which I love. I love it, seriously. It's so much easier. Uh, Rotten Steroids, says Tess. She said, the thought of the homegrown doctor's head popping up through the earth. Actually, it reminded me of an awful, awful 
uh, horror film I saw years ago, which was again, it might, it wasn't, the, was it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where they had all these people buried in the garden with their heads just above the soil, and he lifted up the flower pot and then just scythed them, scythed them. They used to have, I don't know if it, if it was true or not, but in the, in the Roman arenas, they used to have a machine. And I think it was in the film Caligula. And it looked like a giant combine harvester. But underneath the combine harvester was a huge blade that rotated quite fast. And they would start it at one end and they would bury the prisoners. Because most of the people who ended their lives in the Roman amphitheatres, including the Colosseum, were prisoners. They were put in there for the entertainment of the Roman public. It was a theatre of death. It wasn't a theatre of anything else apart from a theatre of death. And that's what they did. And they came up with more and more bizarre methods to kill people. I mean, the cr- you'd think, actually, if you were a criminal in Roman times, go and do it somewhere else. Because once they catch you, that's it. You're doomed. You'd stay downstairs in the cages. They'd put you upstairs. You'd either become a gladiator. Or, failing that, they'd pitch you against wild animals. And the, and the Romans were, were a bloodthirsty lot. But this thing, they used to bury people up to their necks, and this machine would come along and harvest them. The, the big blade underneath would go, and just take, you know, a bit like the guillotine, only sort of a, a flat, horizontal version. But they did everything. They literally would tie people to posts to see how macabre it could become. One of them, I think, involved coating somebody in tar and then just setting fire to them. Or failing that, just putting them in the ring with wild animals like lions and tigers and just waiting to see how long people survived. And they would starve the animals. They, they got rid of thousands upon thousands of animals. They ended their lives there as well. Snakes, elephants, tigers. I mean, just about anything you could think of. Ghastly people. Ghastly people. But, uh, anyway, enough of that. Let's think of happy things. Let's think of happy things today. The fact that Daniela Westbrook's boyfriend has cheated on her. Well, why would he want to stay with the old woman? I mean, do us a favour, please. This was in the, uh, the Daily Star... So it must be true, mustn't it? I always like to think that. Um, uh, we will come back to uh, Kanye West and his wife, Kim Kardashian. Uh, now, now we've got Don't Kill Me, I've Got Kids and all the rest of it. It's sort of, it could be made up. It could not be made up. We've got no idea. We will come back to uh, the black dancers. Don't get votes, claim the fans. Well, if you're not voting for them, don't vote for them. It's, it's just a bit ridiculous. Nobody really cares. It's just a silly little TV programme. You know, they're now making claims of racism. Uh, Cheryl stepped out the other night. They think she looks pregnant. It's either that or she's got a dreadful lot of uh, water she's carrying around. To be honest with you, I mean, that's killed her career stone dead if she is. And, of course, he's going to be paying for it for the rest of his life. But uh, there we go. That's their business. I couldn't care less. Uh, we'll tell you about the TV reporter who has the, uh, the sex change operation and Daniela Westbrook. We love a good Daniela old woman story. And here it is. She's branded her toy boy. He's obviously somebody who's not particularly brainy in the brain department. Scum, after accusing him of sneaking off to Ibiza with her best mate. What are you moaning about, Danielle? What are you moaning about, Poppet? You're not married to him. He could do what he wants. Why would he want to be with an old grandmother like you? In a dramatic Instagram post, the ex-Eastenders claimed that George had cheated on her and left her broken. Oh, how funny. How funny. Uploading an image with the words, I don't do wifey for... So-and-so. Uh, it's just a, 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 a litany of four-letter words. Disgusting. And she wrote, Word to the woman who bump into George Arnold. I just found out they have been... He's been with my best friend. They went to Ibiza. Why do you want to share this on Instagram, you silly old bag? Nobody's interested in your pathetic little life. Why would you think we're interested? Keep it yourself. Keep it yourself. But, um, anyway... 
Danielle posted a thing uh, sent to her by the uh, the friend involved. It said, you've gone too far now, you so-and-so, and embarrass my kids. I'm going to smash your face in. Go rehab, you junkie. So they really, they're having a field day here. Danielle replied, you're welcome to George Arnold. You're no best mate of mine. With messages like this, hashtag classy. How funny, honestly. Poor old... You didn't seriously think, Danielle, did you? It was going to last, love. Don't be so stupid. You're 190 and he's about 15. Don't be so silly. You need to get over yourself. Why don't you get a job, dear? Sainsbury's are casting at the moment. I believe they're looking. Car washing or something like that at Tesco's. Do something. Let's sit there dragging a turgid existence out. We've got more years of this than I care to remember. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Yes, that machine was in Caligula, says Joey. I thought I remembered it. I thought I remembered it. But it was the, the Colosseum. We never got to go round the Colosseum. Do you remember we arrived in Rome? We went on this cruise and uh, we arrived in Rome, but we were too late. They lost the key to the ship. Can you believe that the ship has a key to start the engine? You'd think something that size would have sort of a team of rowers or something. But anyway, we had a key. So we arrived late in Rome, so we had to whiz round and we didn't get a chance to go inside the Colosseum. So I bought a DVD of inside the Colosseum, because it's all been built up. Over the years, it was a roundabout. If you remember at one time, it was all falling apart. So what you see now is, is almost the rebuilt Colosseum. They put it back together, but they've still got the cages underneath, which, because there's no floor there anymore, but the cages underneath used to house the gladiators and the animals, and they would bring them up through the, through the tunnels into the arena. Uh, I did pay the congestion charge when I got home yesterday, uh, so you have to pay if you leave London after the seven o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. Seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Seems absolutely ridiculous. But never mind. We coped. We coped. And, uh, oh, it was in Motel Hell, says Michael. The planted people under the flower pots with John Carradine. John Carradine, honestly. There's a name from the bars, isn't it? John Carradine. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. How many days to Christmas was it? I can't remember how many days to Christmas we were getting. Was it 80... 80-something. I know that, um, uh, as my friend Ian over in uh, uh, America is as crackers about Christmas as Darren is crackers about Christmas as I'm as crackers about Christmas. Everybody who works here, I don't think there's anybody in this building who doesn't like Christmas. Everybody absolutely loves it. Somebody wrote to me the other week, it was so funny, and said, stop talking, 82 days. 82 days. That's two more paydays, isn't it? Two more paydays. October, November. Oh, no, we get paid before Christmas, so it's three more paydays. It's 1,952 hours. Wow. I must put that, uh, that app on my telephone where it's got, you know, how close you are to Father Christmas. We've got a website. Yeah, I know what you're on. You're on the NASA one, aren't you? Is it? Oh, you're not on the NASA one. OK. I did have something with elves, which was slightly disturbing. Slightly disturbing. Every day you get another elf popping up with however many days it was left to Christmas. But somebody wrote to me. And uh, and said, I wish you'd stop talking about Chris. They, they, they were a fake because I, I traced it back. It was one of these people, a little bit doolally, uh, saying that basically they'd actually lost a member of their family at Christmas and it was a depressing time. I thought, well, I'm not surprised. They were probably depressed with you as well because it, because it was a fake email, because it had come from one of these fake addresses. You get all sorts of fake things now, don't you? I, I love sorting them out. I really do. I have an absolute field day. I generally write obscenities back to them. There you go. 82 days. Santa checks the time. God blimey, we've got everything. Wow. Oh, is it really? Do you have Father Christmas in Australia? Would they have him? Yeah, but what does he look like? Has he got a pair of Speedos on? Oh, he, he wears that, does he? He wears the white hair and the beard. He wears the coat. Underneath. He's got board shorts and thongs. Oh, flip-flops. 
<laughs> Father Christmas going, ho, 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 little boy. Whee! <laughs> I don't think so. That's interesting, isn't it? So it's two months, 11 weeks, and 117,000 minutes. 83 days. Uh, what's that? 1,952 hours. And 7,025,040 seconds. 81 sleeps. <gasps> oh, God. My friend Ian will be going apoplectic with this one. What's this site called? What's this one called? It's called... It's called emailsanta.com. It's got everything on there. Get Santa's autograph. What do you think he signs? You can track Santa Claus. Here he is in his, in his house. He's just walked into his office. He's got a bag full of toys. And they say, maybe there's a present for you in there. There, blooming well better be, I'm telling you. Otherwise, I'll be writing to the old man with the white beard. What's the, the one about... Um, where, where's Santa's autograph? Santa's autograph. You can get Santa's autograph. Uh, da, da, da. Well, where's it gone to? I th- it was there a minute ago. Get Santa's autograph. Oh, naughty or nice list. Uh, Santa. Wait a minute. Let me find the blooming thing. It's death. It's on, it's on, he's on webcam as well. There you are. Get Santa's autograph on the left-hand side. Underneath, send your pet's email to Rudolph. OK, down, 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 faster, faster, and... Next one after that. There you go. Get Santa's autograph. What's it look like, I wonder? You just sign it. Does he sign it Father, Father Christmas? Oh, and then you get a photo and he'll personally sign. Isn't that cute? Don't you think that's fantastic? I love stuff like that, I tell you. God. I, bu- I did buy yesterday, just to really add insult to injury, I bought my Christmas card yesterday. I bought a box of Christmas cards, handmade Christmas cards, which I absolutely adore. So I've got those and, uh, and it's good. Uh, Terry says, I'm, I'm desperately hoping there's something in the papers about Prince George. No, there isn't. He doesn't. Uh, there's nothing in the paper. We had the picture yesterday, didn't we? Do you remember we had the picture yesterday, which was lovely, of, uh, of him with his little face pressed up against the window? I'm assuming he was there going, help me, help me. <laughs> I've been abducted by people who are boring. Uh, Steve, uh, I've always fancied Anne Widdicombe, says Trevor. Trevor's writing from a home, I should imagine. And uh, Anne and Deborah Meaden, he says, very powerful and sexy women. Right, you really are beyond help, aren't you? There's no point at all. Uh, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, we'll try and put everything in on the programme this morning. Why? Because we're just like that. You know, it's just we're sort of... We're sort of very kind, caring people, but, uh, but we don't sort of suffer idiots. And uh, perhaps Miss Westbrook, says Sonia, is taking her advice. She was in Morrison's Loughton yesterday, but I think she was shopping, not working. Oh, no, she certainly wouldn't be working, would she? I don't think she'd done a day's work in her life. I don't think she's ever done anything like that, poor soul. But anyway, at least we can laugh. Next time you see her, point and go, no boyfriend. <laughs> That's what I'd be like, actually. Ian says, uh, according to... Uh, to Red Cups Are Coming website, 30 days till they hit Starbucks. You know, they do their, their Red Cups for, for Christmas. Are, they, are you going home for Christmas, Australian boy? Are you going home for Christmas or are you staying here? Are you, st- are you staying in this country? Sorry? Are you staying here? For Christmas? Yeah, OK. Is it the... I can't talk to you on that microphone because it, it, cross, it clips your first word, so I, I have to guess. Is it going to be a white Christmas? Could be if you play your cards right, yeah. Don't think so? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends how cold it gets in the North Pole. I've often worried about that North Pole, ladies and gentlemen. I really have. But do you, do you, do you like seeing snow? Do you think it's pretty? 
Yeah, you love it. You don't get it in Australia, do you? Or do you? Do you get uh, snow? Certain parts. Ayers Rock or something like that. No. Ayers Rock, you wouldn't get it. But you do get snow in Australia. I love it. I love seeing it. There'll always be pictures in the, in the papers over, over Christmas with a village deep in the Cotswolds where the whole thing is just covered in a blanket of snow. And I think that's beautiful. I love stuff like that. That's that, that, sort of, that, that for me is sort of Christmas. I like it. It doesn't matter whether or not there's a, you know, I do like Christmas cards, which have got choirs on the front singing in a marketplace or something like that. And uh, Carol says, uh, December the 1st is the first day of Christmas, so my trees are lit and look lovely. All white lights. You see, I'm doing coloured lights. Oh, that's it. That's pretty. Isn't that pretty? Look at that. Beautiful Cotswold countryside. And all these places exist. Once they've got the dusting of snow on them, it's like, oh, when we lived in a little village in Yorkshire... It was lovely. When it snowed, I mean, you could crunch. Look at that little village there. That's so pretty. So, so pretty. And you would crunch through, through the snow in, in your Wellingtons. Looks absolutely lovely. Some of these other pictures are uh, done by an artist called... I can't remember what his name is. He does pictures with lights. They used to sell them uh, on... Wait a minute. Go down again. Down. No, other way. Other way. Other way. Other way. Don't keep going down, down, down. That one there. Second one down on the right-hand side. Second one down, you see it? Second one, over. Second, no, second, that's it. That one there. No, you went to it. No, go back again. Right-hand side. You're going to get a smack in a minute. Just put it on that. That's it, that one there. Now, that's... Oh, that's Gordon Lees, is it? There's another guy who does pictures with lights, and I can't remember what his name is. He's very famous. They always flog his pictures all over the place. And I've got one with little lights in it. It's... it's I think it's pictures with lights... Of course, you're probably going to get something completely different now. You type in pictures with lights. But that's what he was... And that's what... Oh, <laughs> pictures with blooming lights in. <laughs> uh, pictures with lights painting. No, that's even what... Oh, heavens, why we done with that? That looked very rude, that one there. There was a woman half naked playing with lights. That dreadful... I don't like that kind of thing. It frightens me. We don't want that sort of thing on a Tuesday morning. No, pictures... What was his blooming name? Come on, somebody will know. Somebody will know. Who's the man who painted... And they were called Pictures with, with Lights. And, uh, wait a minute. Oh, yes, did you see the other day? I thought that was very odd. Jan Ravens did an impression of Diane Abbott, and they've called it racist. It's an impression. It's an impression. I don't see how that could possibly be racist. It's an, Im- it's an impression. I just didn't get it at all. Thomas, thank you. My friend Jonathan Levi knows. The man who paints Pictures with Lights is Thomas Kincaid. Thomas Kincaid with a K. Thank you, Jonathan. Thomas Kincaid. And they're very famous pictures. He doesn't... uh, I'm not even sure he's still alive. Anyway, he didn't... um, He would sell copies of them. Thomas Kincaid. All those sort of pictures. All sort of, you know, just typical traditional scenes. I've got the one with the car, which has got lights set in it. Little fibre optic lights. Really pretty, actually. Everybody else thinks it's naff, apart from me. I'm the only one that thinks it looks gorgeous. And, And it's got sort of snowy pictures. They're very pretty, aren't they? The Americans do much better lights on houses than we do. But I, I want to go to some of these places. I want to wave my magic wand and, and go and sit in a picture full of lights because I, I think it's festive and I think it's Christmassy. I don't think we'd spend... It's over so quickly, Christmas. I mean, it really is. Check your text, says Jonathan. Check my text. Oh, I've checked my text. I have. Have you got a picture? Have you sent me a picture? Wait a minute. <gasps> Pictures all over the place. Yes, Thomas Kincaid. So that's it. Thank you. And uh, oh, somebody says thank you for travelling with the cab company this morning. How would you rate the driver? Fine. He said to me on the way in, he said, "Would you like to listen to LBC?" I said, no. <laughs> I was. I wanted to close my eyes. Actually, I didn't want to be distracted. 
and so uh, so I wasn't. Uh, so we're going to have the uh, the red cups. That'll be nice. We like the old red cups. Once we get things like that. So Thomas Kincaid is the man who paints the pictures with lights. Uh, sorry to spoil your Christmas, says Mick, but Rudolph must be trans, as only female reindeer have antlers. Is it? Female reindeer? Oh, I'm sorry to make you work this morning. I know it, it's really testing him. He doesn't, you're pushing him a little bit here. So female reindeer have antlers. They're very small reindeer. They're very small, very, very small. They're not, um, they're not, they're not big at all. So do only female reindeers have antlers? Is going to be the question for this morning on the programme. And uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Reindeer and caribou are the same thing. Uh, Santa's reindeer are most likely from the Svalbard Islands off Norway. Not always easy to tell the sex. In most deer species, only the male grows antlers, but that's not true for... There you go, you see, you're wrong already. Wrong already. Only the male grows antlers, but that's not true for most reindeer, although the females in certain populations do not have antlers. Many do. So the females are significantly smaller than the males. So Santa's reindeer may or may not be female. See? We can always give you the answers on LBC. We don't like to sort of confuse you, but if we do go for an answer, we're seriously going for the, uh, for the correct answer. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. You know, I had this craving yesterday for tomato soup. So, and it's, it's an odd one, isn't it? So I go to M&S. Other supermarkets do exist on the high street. And, um, and I picked up one of their tomato soup things because it looked kind of the right colour. And I took it home and it was the most boring tomato soup I'd ever had. And I suddenly realised I've been, I've been hoodwinked into only eating Heinz cream of tomato soup. It's the only one that tastes to me like tomato soup. There might be others that probably taste better, but it's the only one that works for me. It's the only one that's got that sort of... I can't describe what it is. There are certain things, you know, Heinz cream of chicken and all that sort of stuff. I've obviously been led down the wrong path because I tried this other stuff and people say, oh, there's loads of other tomato soups and, and this one's better. And then a friend of mine said, oh, you've got to try Marks and Spencer's fish fingers because they're really, really good. And I tried them and I thought they were OK, but I didn't think they were brilliant. And uh, I just went back to bird's eye again. I'm obviously, I'm obviously strangely drawn to different brand leaders, but nothing... But nothing beats Heinz creamy tomato soup with, with a crusty roll that you've broken bits off and you put butter on and then you dip it into the soup. You can taste it now, can't you? You can absolutely taste that cream of tomato soup. And what's even better, I sometimes, if I'm feeling very luxurious, I do a swirl of cream in it. But, I mean, that's about once every three years. But generally speaking, I put grated cheese on the top of it. It's delicious. Grated cheese on the top of tomato soup. Oh, it's lovely. It's absolutely delicious. And then when you dip your, your bread in it... The cheese adheres to the bread. And then you get sort of cheese and tomato. Oh, God, it's gorgeous. I might have to have that today for lunch. I had a chicken and leek pie the other day with mashed potato. That was quite nice, actually. That was, that was quite filling. I'm sure it was meant to feed a family, but it just fed me. I always feel a bit worried about these things. But they go, this is a family-sized pie. And you go, what, what, for very little people or something? It's never enough, is it, really? And um, as John Wayne said to the, uh, the shepherd... Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Uh, a lot of people talk about Thomas Kincaid and his pictures. Apparently he died some years ago in his 50s. It's very sad, says Jeff. Well, they sell his pictures now. I think they're, they're much sought after, the originals. I'd love an original. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Well, failing that, I'm sure if I actually went to a, one of these artists in China, they can, they can copy it. 
They could do a copy. If you say to them, listen, could you copy that? Of course they can. People are brilliant nowadays. They're so clever. There is a, a company called Brights of Nettlebed, and they advertise in Country Life, and they've got loads of really super furniture. But they also have paintings every so often, and they can, they can get copies made of whatever painting you want. I thought like going in and getting sort of a Mona Lisa, a couple of Canalettos and something else, just to see if anybody ever recognised it when they came round. But then I'd, I'd be a little bit worried, actually. Uh, Alan says, I'm going to make my own pop-up Christmas cards this year with my Canon printer. You see, I don't know, actually. I don't know whether or not making your own Christmas card. It's a bit tedious, isn't it? Isn't it a bit tedious? Why don't you just go and buy them? I mean, I bought 25 Christmas cards yesterday, and it was about... I can't remember what it was, actually. It just doesn't help, does it? I just picked them up. I saw them. I thought, I'd better buy them. I don't want them to vanish. And it was probably about 14 quid. The 25 Christmas cards. I thought that was really good. I thought that was really, really good value. So I, I bought them and then I, shall, um, then I shall send them out to special people for Christmas. No. No. Already, producer has started this thing. You know, we've ended, this is the first day that we've worked together in, in ages. Luckily, I know what he looks like because I've got a picture, which the police gave me some time ago. So uh, it's, it's one that they, uh, when they sort of had him in for just a little chat about what he did for a living or what he thought he did for a living, as opposed to what everybody else thinks he does for a living. Uh, Poppy Lady says, I would guess that Vixen sounds female. As for Dancer, let's hope that reindeer isn't a, a darker hue than the others. Otherwise, it won't get any votes. That is the oddest thing, is it? People saying, there's a, a piece of the paper today, they're saying that Strictly is racist because black dancers don't get votes. And I'm thinking, but if somebody's a very good dancer, it doesn't matter what colour they are. They could be pink and sky blue, nobody cares. Why is it that people see racism where none exists? I don't quite understand that. They're going, oh, so what, um, what sort of system is it whereby Anastasia can drop out and then all of a sudden... Uh, what's it? Oh, Doom gets voted out because there wasn't anybody else. And I think, but that's obviously what I mean. I don't understand it either. To be brutally honest, I'm as confused uh, by that as I am by the X Factor. How many people does it take? I'm looking at Sky News on the television to try and trace her jewellery. They won't get it back unless they find somebody. Heinz Tomato Soup says Dan with a knob of butter melted in it. Oh God, no, really? Oh no, I wouldn't do anything like that. That sounds far too dangerous for me. Far too, far too. Uh, Desperate. I, I think, uh, no. Cheese is okay. I think you could definitely put, put cheese in, and I think that'd be nice. But uh, apart from that, nothing else at all. Nothing else at all. But I am watching. Uh, somebody says, says Rosemary, you, if you want great tomato soup, make it yourself. Tomato's really cheap this time of year. You can get that Heinz flavour by adding the right amount of fresh rosemary. Nothing tastes like Heinz tomato soup. I don't care what anybody People have said that over the years to me. They've said, oh, you, you can make your own Heinz tomato soup. And I've got, listen... Nobody makes it better than they do. They must make it in huge vats, though, mustn't they? Absolutely enormous vats of sort of, you know, hundreds of hundreds of tonnes. They've got a guy who is on the television now and talking about Kim Kardashian. Everyone is talking about... They've got some guy who claims to be Michael Jackson's former bodyguard. I should imagine Michael Jackson had loads of bodyguards. But uh, Kim Kardashian flashing off the jewellery, I don't know, something not quite right about it. She's there in a flat... And there's no bodyguard there, but there's somebody else. And uh, and this, I mean, there must be some sort of protection in there. You're paying top dollars for this. But there again, you know, you kind of got it for yourself, love. You know, if you exhibit your money to people who don't have any, they're going to take it from you. I'm surprised, actually, it's lasted up until now. I seriously am surprised. Uh, what was the other one here? Oh, the, um, uh, the news that we've got the first transgender reporter 
on the television. It's uh, it's a story that's... I mean, I don't know why. This, with, it, I find it immensely patronising to trans people. They go, oh, actually, we're talking about trans people again. Uh, you know, I'd rather talk about Kerry Katona and the fact that the poor, sad old woman has, uh, has now uh, wanted a new start with her husband, George Kay, after he moved back into the family home. And... Um, so he's moved in. He's, he's not the full, full shilling, I'm afraid. She says, we want a fresh start. No, you want a fresh start. Because that'll be the OK magazine front, won't it? George and Kerry back together again. That's what her life is. It's an emotional roller coaster of being miserable, being more miserable, being very, very miserable, doing drugs, uh, being happy, uh, then finding a boyfriend, then losing a boyfriend. Anyway, she says that the row that sparked the split was due to stress following complications. What a load of old codswallop you do talk, don't you, darling? You come up with any old claptrap you can come up with. But, uh, no, that's fine, dear, but uh, give it another six months and it'll be off again, because that's the only thing you know how to do. Uh, They've done the timeline on Kim Kardashian. Apparently she was in a bath, a marble bath. Uh, The thieves flee the building. Kim manages to struggle free. They're obviously not very good, are they? They managed to handcuff her with these ties, but she manages to struggle free. Oh, thank the Lord for that. It's like a film, isn't it, really? And uh, now they've got... Uh, the, one, of the, one of the cameras was taken, but apparently one of the... Uh, sorry, one of the phones was taken, but it wasn't hers. It was somebody else's. And uh, fans have turned on her trusted bodyguard after it emerged he was not with her during the robbery. Ooh, slightly suspect, methinks there. Why was he not with her? It's what he's paid to do. It's what he's paid to do. Judo expert Pascal Duvier was hailed a hero... Days earlier, after pinning to the pavement a prankster who tried to kiss Kim's bottom, which apparently had arrived in its own taxi some days after she arrived. Uh, here we go. This is transgender telereporter India Willoughby has returned to the screen six years after quitting as a man. She left Border, I'm assuming it's a television station, uh, to live a double life while suffering depression. Uh, then she worked as a PR woman in Newcastle, then returned to the family home. Uh, as Jonathan, to be father to her teenage son. After five years, she spent 14 grand and has now uh, returned to television as a freelance. So not been in it for years and years and years. Tried everything else. We've done the usual sort of bits and pieces. Now living as a single mum. And um, she recalled uh, after a letter uh, that her son, then 16, she handed him after a meal out. He said, it changes nothing. You're still my parent. So he and his mother have been supportive and ITV have been fantastic. ITV say we're pleased to have India on the board and Tyne T's reporting team. I think it's their, their freelance list. Well, what else can they say? I'm sorry, it wasn't much, cr- it wasn't much good first time round. Now we got him back again, this time as a woman. You know, they always, they're always going to say something like that. They're always going to say, we welcome India back to the team. Let's India decides to sort of stamp her foot up and down and go, excuse me, I want a job. But I mean, I don't know. You know, I think it's the first one we've had in this country. There's a few suspects on the BBC and they wouldn't know anyway, would they really? But no, I think it's the first one that we've, uh, that we've actually got. I noticed that Richard Keyes last night spoke public, publicly for the first time about an alleged affair with his daughter's pal and insisted his marriage was fine. Yeah, because if it wasn't, and uh, she'd gone that route, he'd have been shirt off and lashed in a marketplace somewhere. And, of course, they had to stop that one pretty quickly, didn't they? Very, very quickly. Uh, there's also uh, Who Done It? Somebody killed Pat the Peacock and uh, with a shotgun in the garden. Why would somebody want to do that? They're very noisy, peacocks and peahens, but not to the point of, uh, of actually wanting to shoot one. I think that uh, somebody will be found. It's in a little village, very pretty little village, and they like these kind of things. Uh, so Gemma Collins, his former boyfriend, jailed for two years, 
and uh, the rules in the Strictly Rumpers. I don't understand them, so I'll read them to you later on, and if you can make head nor tail of it, then perhaps you'd like to enlighten me, because that's what we have to do. We have to kind of work together. News at five coming up. The young Muslims who quit the faith live in fear of violent revenge. There must be loads of them who, who quit the faith. Must be loads and loads of them. Prisons are put full of them. Absolutely full. You can't move in prisons now for Muslims. There's a man in the paper again today who wants to sue the prison uh, officials for not protecting him from Muslim gangs, if you please. Good Lord. Uh, Anne Whittingham celebrates her millionth birthday today. As I say, she'll be waking up. No, I won't celebrate. Uh, plus, the BBC bosses can't say why they tango home. Tyson Fury completely loses the plot. Thou art a copper who knows Whittle. What in God's name do you think that is? That is insulting you in Elizabethan speak. More of that, the other side of the news, which is next. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Tuesday. It's the 4th of October. Trust we find you well this morning. Well, but broke. And we haven't even got to Christmas yet, have we? Uh, What is the truth behind the £8 million Kim heist? Is it just made up? Was it staged? Is it really... Did it really happen? Was it really £8 million worth of jewellery? You know, you'd have thought, actually, if it was borrowed, somebody would have had some sort of thing in place to make sure it's not just lying around or draped over her neck. You know, you would think, oh, is it in a safe? You know, we need to know the truth about this. No running in the playground. Apparently it's elf and safety again. The university challenge students, you know, the ones on the television who sit on top of each other. Apparently they're not that clever. And uh, the BBC bosses who can't say why they tango home. The fans are up in arms. What they're saying is they have to try and explain. First of all, that there were two stories running uh, with Strictly. First of all, black dancers didn't get uh, the public voting. But then, I mean, I don't know what you can do about that. I can't quite work out exactly how that works out. So you, you might sort of say, you know, little fat women like Anne Widdicombe don't get votes because people just treat her as a joke. John Sargent treated as a joke. All the other each program has got somebody who is the joke figure on it. Todd Carty was the joke figure in the Strictly Dancing on Ice. I'm a celebrity. Get me into the Big Brother house, and he was on that one. And of course, everybody laughed, and it was and it was fun, and it was and, and that was that. But now they're sort of saying, "Oh, people don't vote for black dancers." Well, what are you doing to do? Go around the entire country. Go, excuse me, could you mind telling us why you didn't vote for that black dancer? Anyway, the BBC chiefs are now facing facing pressure to publish the rule book. I didn't know there was a rule book, to be honest with you. This is after Melvin O'Doom, who can't dance for toffee. And to be honest with you, I'd concentrate on a radio programme. I hate it when people go, I'm a radio presenter, uh, but I think I want to be a personality. And you think, no, best, best you don't. Best you just sort of stay doing the radio programme. Nothing worse than people trying to move from radio to television. It's, it's doomed to failure, doomed to failure. Anyway, thousands of viewers hit out after the producers took the decision to spare Anastasia from the dance-off after she was injured with the show's guidelines kept secret. It sparked claims that the bosses conveniently chose to go with the public vote after Anastasia was left unable to perform as she damaged scar tissue left by cancer surgery. An insider said, this'll be some no mark, won't it? There was a lot of feedback that people couldn't find the rules after Claudia Winkleman used them to justify Melvin getting the boot. I mean, who cares? It's only a silly little television programme. Don't worry about it. So we kick him out. We kick him out. Let's get over ourselves, shall we? Can't kick her out. I mean, she'd burst her stitches. But anyway, apparently a BBC spokesman said, due to the nature of some of the content in the rules, publishing them in full would compromise our duty of care in, in, in participants. Duty of care? What are they talking about? 
So they have a rule book, but they can't publish it because that would be compromising their duty of care. <laughs> what a load of old codswallop, isn't it? It's just absolutely hilarious. It's almost like poor old Tyson Fury, the deluded one, as they prefer to say, who tested positive in that voluntary thing for cocaine. Uh, he calls himself King of the Gypsies. He's just another foul-mouthed person. He's had his little foul-mouthed rant the other day. At 12.55 yesterday, uh, boxing is the saddest thing I ever took part in. All a pile of... Mm, I'm the greatest. I'm also retired, so go. Happy days. Uh, by 3.51, he was staying. He says, ha, 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 because he's a bit of a simpleton. You think you'll get rid of the Gypsy King that easily. I'm here to stay. <laughs> he just talks crap. It really does. It's, it's a shame, really. Poor old soul. So he's, he's foul-mouthed. He's got no, no talent discernible. In fact, I think, actually, there was a footballer who was, uh, who was complaining about him as well. I mean, last month he pulled out of a rematch, having been deemed medically unfit... Isn't it funny, actually, all these people... Have, have, have you noticed, anybody ever pulls out of something, all of a sudden they're either clinically depressed, medically unfit, or they've got mental health issues? You know, because quite clearly, if boxing is the saddest thing he ever took part in, I would think exactly the same. I'd never even heard of you before. But uh, he has his little bit, and then he does his thing, and he's got a doctor who said that he's this and that, and then he, he, he quits, and the next minute he's back on again. It's like the Richard Keys, isn't it? It's almost like footballers. You know, every time I watch football on the television, I see anybody representing the FA, I keep thinking, are you telling me the truth? Are you really telling me the truth, or are you just making this up? Uh, I've met Anne Whittacombe, says Anna. I really like her, but she's not glamorous. Oh, Lord above, no, she's not. She's absolutely not. Uh, what nonsense, says Craig. Alicia Dixon won. She's not a white person. I know, that's why I don't understand. You know, I, I just don't... I don't quite understand exactly why somebody would be complaining about it being racist. It's not racist at all. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, another one here. It says, uh, now we got him back as a woman. Sort it out. We'll take it further. Thank you. Or we'll take it further. Oh, do you not understand what I was talking about? Oh, dear. Simpletons. Simpletons. Who's this one? Kira. Kira is a bit of a, bit of a simpleton. Oh, dear. Oh, really? She said, I'm really good at being me. Quite clearly not, dear. I think we're going to... There we go. We've, we've put you out of your misery. You stupid person, honestly. You don't understand at all, do you? Uh, somebody else saying exactly the same. Alicia Dixon won. She's not a white person. I don't understand why people bandy this thing around. Why they bandy this thing around and say, oh, it's, it's, because, it's because somebody's black that they're not going to get the votes. Why, why would that be? What are you saying? Black people don't vote or people don't like black people? Dear God in heaven, honestly. What, what stupid people must be out there if they're bandying that one around? It really drives me mad, actually. Uh, trans people, weren't they a dance troupe on top of the pop, says Dell. Trans people. <laughs> Anna says the word racism is used over. The word loses its quality. I heard the nonsense over Diane Abbott. No, I didn't understand that either. Andy, the London cabbie, says, Alicia Dixon won Strictly, and the last time I looked, she was black. If you're good, you get the vote. Simply as, it's as simple as that. It doesn't come any more simple, does it? And yet they bandy the thing around that if they're black, they're not getting the votes. Well, she got the votes. Perhaps it's just blokes. Perhaps it's blokes they don't like. Perhaps we'll have to go through all the programmes on the television. We'll have to go through the X Factor, everything. How many black people won on this? How many How patronising for black people. It was like, you know, Black Lives Matter, all the people involved, white. What are they doing? Mind your own business. Black people can speak for themselves and have been doing for ages and ages and ages. Uh, it's my son Cooper's first birthday today, Steve. Unfortunately, poor little soul shares a birthday with Anne Whittacombe. <gasps> Good grief, I'd keep that fairly quiet. I'd keep that fairly quiet. That's far too worrying, isn't it? And um, uh, God forbid... 
Call me a cynic, but was the Kardashian robbery staged, says Jane. Well, I don't think you can really tie yourself up, can you? Well, I don't know. They, they actually, <laughs> they tied her up. But she managed to get herself free. So obviously that wasn't particularly good, was it? They obviously weren't particularly... And these ties that they use, have you ever seen them? They use them for... Uh, the police use them a lot now because it's cheaper than handcuffs. And it's just a plastic tie, which you pull it through and then pull it tight. Well, you can't break these things. They're really, really strong. And I shouldn't imagine Kardashian's got any strength in her hands whatsoever. But, um, and then they put her in the marble bath. If they really meant business, why did... And they were holding a gun to her head and she was pleading for, for her life and all this kind of thing. I mean, that bit, how are they going to prove that? I've got no idea. Anyway, she had to leave the country. Uh, she gave a, a small statement, I think, to the, uh, to the gendarmes. And um, and they allowed her to leave. I mean, I don't know what the situation is in these uh, these residences. So it's it's a residence, but it's not. You know, they they, they call it a hotel, but it's not a hotel. And they uh, and uh, and then they've got one man, and she's got no security with her, and yet she's got millions of pounds worth of jewellery. Sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? As I say, I never liked her in the first place. Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc.co.uk. Anne says. Whilst I agree with you, Strictly is just a programme like Bake Off. Get over it. But OT, the pro dance, is black. And Spurb Nagamanchetti uh, Naga is Asian. Joanne Clifton's partner is black. All voted all through. I know. I just don't understand why people say, oh, it, it's racist. They're not voting for black people. Of course they are. Stupid people, honestly. Tony says Anastasia should have been kicked out. Happens in other contests where injuries cause retirement. Yes, I think in this particular case, they've got a modicum of sympathy for her. I think that's uh, that, that's what it is. Uh, plus, Gifty Louise uh, sailed into the live show on Saturday. This is for X Factor. This is the person here who turns out to have a dodgy past. She's been arrested for kicking a policeman at the age of 13. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. They all come with history, don't they? All nasty little people. Nasty little people. We've got the twin boys, haven't we? Nasty little people. But, uh, as I say, they'll, they'll last all of about five minutes and then we'll, we'll actually kick them out and we'll get rid of them. 84850, uh, The whole country, says Ben, has gone mad these days due to the PC Brigade. Oh, I'm bored with the PC Brigade, honestly. Just ridiculous. They need to go and get themselves a life or something. Didn't Colin Jackson get to the final of Strictly? Black Lives Matter? Isn't that obvious? It's like saying Santa's beard matters. Yes, I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. I think it's absolutely ludicrous. It's these interfering little people who think they're being terribly clever, but they're a bit, uh, they're a bit stupid. Uh, another one here. This is, um, this is, uh, this is, it's a little boy who's got a lot of hair. And of course, it's so unusual because they, they blow dry his hair. He's got way too much hair. It should have been cut off ages ago. It looks like he's wearing a Busby. Poor soul. And uh, and you sort of look at it, you sort of think it's a funny picture, but that's that's about it actually. It's just a funny picture because she blow dries her kid's hair, and so she blow dries her hair, so it makes him look as though he's a little bit uh, a little bit peculiar, which is uh, which is uh, very odd. Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc dot co dot uk, and here's somebody else now with no friends. That's good, and uh, and that's Holly. There you go. Bye bye. <laughs> Always makes the producer and I laugh at you. Always have a bit of fun. Because you can see them seething at home, thinking, I'm going to write in a complaint. But, of course, they can't. Nobody to write to. We've deleted them. Uh, a lot of people also saying the PC Brigade are responsible for an awful lot of things in this country. I do think, says Pat, Anastasia should have stepped down. So, surely she's going to require surgery for, for burst internal stitches. I would think so. I mean, I don't know why they actually deemed her fit in the first place. 
She's got a, a double mastectomy. You know, there is the danger that some of the things they make them do. I mean, has anybody ever thought about the implications of that? Quite clearly not. Uh, still to come, the, uh, the Home Secretary in the Lost Millions, Amber Rudd's business failings now exposed. 600 passports vanish in the post in one year. Where do they go to? I'm assuming somebody somewhere who delivers these things is saying we'll have a few of these uh, things. And the mother fears for the young airman who disappeared after a night on the town. And they've managed to stop a dust cart because that's where his phone was. Now, whether they've got the phone, I don't know. They're not saying anything. Uh, nobody's claimed responsibility. Nobody's posted anything. He's been missing for a few days now. Uh, you fear the worst. They always say... And I'm sorry to uh, to break it to you this morning, but if somebody's missing for 24 hours, you start worrying a little bit more than if it was only a few hours. 24 hours, and this is now a lot more than that, starts getting a little bit worrying, unless somebody's deliberately uh, made an attempt to, to disappear. He might be suffering from depression. We've got no idea. But whatever it is, I think at one point he was sleeping in a doorway. They've got video footage of him sleeping on CCTV in a doorway. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Coming up with Nick Ferrari, Jeremy Hunt plans to focus on training up more homegrown British doctors. Nick asks, how vital have immigrants be to the NHS? Also, the Prime Minister, Theresa May, will be live on LBC from the Conservative Party conference. And a billboard showing a woman's bottom has been branded a disgrace by many. Nick will be asking, is the advert sexist? That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Caroline Wheeler, political editor of the Sunday Express, will be looking through the papers this morning. Is a woman's bottom sexist? It's a woman's bottom sexist. What a stupid thing. What a stupid thing. Is it sexist? Of course it's not. Otherwise you'd have to stop every single advert for swimwear, wouldn't you? You'd have to close down all the art galleries. What is that showing? It's a woman's bottom. What is it? It's called a botticelli. And uh, you can't have anything like that at all. So you can't show bottoms. I mean, would it be sexist if it was a man's bottom? If the artist came back and said, actually, it's not a woman's bottom at all, it's a man's bottom. Does it really matter? Does anybody really care in this day and age? Obviously, very sad, lonely people out there. Uh, Dan's having this morning scrambled egg on toast with Marmite and baked beans and grated cheese melted on the top. God, that sounds a revolting combination. I can understand the scrambled eggs on the toast with the Marmite and baked beans and grated cheese, but completely separate. In fact, you don't need to melt it. You just put the grated cheese on there. It melts all by itself, doesn't it? Which I think is, uh, I think it's fairly easy to do nowadays. Uh, 84850, uk. Trying to, uh, a lot of people saying how, how interesting, I don't think fanciful, but, but interesting, they, uh, they actually find Anne Widdicombe. I think because it's her birthday today, uh, which is, which is quite, it's quite bizarre, isn't it, really? Quite bizarre. Uh, another one here. Uh, this, is, uh, this is from oh, people. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm so glad some of these people are in the junk email box. It's obviously the best place for them. And so there's that one there. That's gone. Oh, they've all gone now. Oh, dear, that was a shame. Sorry about that. I've just deleted more than I meant to. But never mind, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh, the Ben police, you know, uh, looking for the, uh, the body of Ben Needham. They now want to demolish a farmhouse extension built soon after he went missing. And they think they're going to get permission from the owner of it. So, you know, whether he was uh, accidentally killed or he was murdered, we have no idea. Again, we're fumbling in the dark, but we're certainly getting on a lot quicker with this one. It's only taken 25 years, admittedly. We're getting on a bit faster, this one, than we were with Madeleine McCann, who we've kind of just forgotten about now and kind of pushed to one side. Now it's all Ben Needham. Uh, are we going to find his body? I hope not for his mother's sake. I know she wants closure, but I hope not for her sake. But now they say they're going to knock down this farmhouse extension, which was built soon after he went missing. I mean, if they do find something, then it's going to... Uh, 
it's going to give her closure. But up until then, you know, you don't really know what to do, do you? You just have to sort of hope that everything is right. Coronation Street's cobbles have been locked away to stop them being flogged online. The old set's being ripped up to make way for flats and offices. The stones were moved under close supervision and are stored in a warehouse. And uh, you could get 20 quid a pop for them. Uh, Corrie is relocated. They may be used if the new set is extended. I've forgotten, actually, what the, uh, what the cobbles were in Coronation Street. Anybody remember those? I can't remember anything else like that. Uh, somebody's saying, isn't Kanye in debt? I thought he owned, uh, I thought he owed, sorry, about 60 million. Didn't he write to Mark Zuckerberg asking for some, for some money? Wasn't, wasn't that right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure he did, because he was another one of these. He's always been a bit boring, actually, Kanye West. I'm sure he asked for money from Zuckerberg, because he didn't have it. And he, I think he owed about 60 million. Seems to be the nice round number, because I seem to remember that uh, well-known uh, rapist Mike Tyson also was 60 million in debt at one point. He'd lost everything. Uh, Anna says, I recently lost my passport. Got a new one renewed. I had the passport delivered to me. Had my ID with me, but it was not checked. No, I, I actually showed somebody something the other day. I was supposed to be uh, showing them a bit of uh, uh, identification for me. They just did a cursory glance. They didn't look at it properly and study it. So that was in my uh, in my passport. Slightly worrying. Um, what else? Oh, I don't like slaughter of animals. It's just dreadful. This is lions who are being poisoned and mutilated in a spate of black magic killings. In South Africa, details of the slaughter emerged as an international summit on endangered animals in the country refused to ban the trade in body parts of farmed big cats. And so they've got big cats here and they found bits of them missing and everything. It's quite disgusting. It really is. It's, it's dreadful. Uh, and also the threat of jail. A pair of bozos of the First Order. This is a couple who sent cash to an Islamic State jihadist who predicted the Charlie Hebdo attack, may face jail. What do you mean, may face jail? I think they should be thrown in immediately. Thrown in immediately. Mohammed Golamouli and his wife, Nazimbi, uh, admitted aiding her nephew, who's fighting in Syria. Oh, they should definitely throw them in prison. I'm not putting up with idiots like that in this country. Why are we wasting time with these people? Uh, today's news, I was a man, but now I'm a woman, so we get the full story on that one. I fail to see why it's of any interest to anybody nowadays. Who cares? Who cares? I know magicians who are trans. I've used trans magicians in my shows at the Magic Circle for, for ages and ages. It's not, not big news anymore now. It's slightly tedious and slightly, uh, and slightly boring. Just why don't we get on with life? Uh, also, the fake-away pizzas. Do you remember I told you about this? Three days ago, we were talking about food that you buy, the rubbish food that makes you go fat. So for that, read just about anything you can think of. But uh, one in four takeaway pizzas tasted and tested in a probe were topped with fake cheese or the wrong kind of meat. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Here we go. Trading standards officers found turkey being used instead of ham and beef passed off as pepperoni. One owner was cautioned and those others sent warning letters after tests on 40 pizzas from independent takeaways. Five pizzas did not have the correct meat topping. Five were covered with cheese analogue made of non-dairy fat or oil. Apparently, the inspectors in Warwickshire also found the cheese on a pizza was only 20% mozzarella. You see, I think we should be told who these places are, and there should be a sign put over them. If you really want to buy chronically bad food, which is not what they're telling you it is, then buy from here. If not, go somewhere else. Last year, a nationwide investigation found one in five takeaway lamb dishes were contaminated with other meats. I always think anything that's got any sauce on it, you're in big trouble. 
Big trouble. So, fake away peas. We always knew that they used rubber cheese, didn't we, on the top of it. It was never proper cheese. But people get so used to eating it, they'll eat anything. We'll eat horse in this country. We've got no idea, have we? Oh, dear me. Uh, what's happening to Terry? This is Michael Palin. Speaking of his anguish at seeing his Monty Python pal Terry Jones withdrawing as he battles dementia. And uh, uh, we've got other stories in the paper. Ian Highland on last night's telly. They need to get rid of Square Eyes in the Daily Mirror. It takes two people to write this rubbish. It's just, it's just press release stuff. It's of no interest. However, wait for this one. Christine Bleakley. Hi, Yes, believe it or not, the worst presenter on the television. She hasn't, she's been off screen for about a year, which actually has been a blessing for everybody. But she hasn't let that spook her when it comes to a comeback. She's just signed up for Celebrity Haunted Hotel, in which stars... Oh, she's a star now, is she? As opposed to a very, very, very average presenter. They check in to Britain's spookiest hotel, and uh, she's going to be joined by... Wait for this. Who have we got? Who have we got? Who are the stars... She's going to be joined by Matt Richardson on the W Channel. I think we all know what that stands for. Matt, who's Matt Richardson? I've never even heard of him. But apparently, uh, Christine uh, says, Five nights in the UK's spookiest hotel with some great celeb guests over Halloween. Well, if they can't find two decent presenters, dear, the celebrities must be real off the scale. She said she was uh, much loved on the one show. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. The one show was the worst piece of television we'd ever seen. It's just that they thought that she had some sort of chemistry going with Adrian Childs. So very unwisely, they wasted a whole stack of money by sticking her on Daybreak. She died on her proverbial, because he was as miserable as sin. First he oh, welcome to Daybreak. She's going, and so we went all the way through this thing. It was disastrous. Uh, and then she went on to Dancing on Ice. She wasn't much cop on that. Then she filled in for Holly Willoughby. She wasn't much cop on that. I'm afraid we've seen fake and plastic. We've seen the jewellery channels on the television where poor old bimbos sit there and get overexcited over 29 quid's worth of rubbish. Anyway, she's been living in New York. Oh, she's also reuniting with Adrian Charles for a series from BBC Ireland. Oh, God in heaven. They don't learn, do they, at the BBC? They really don't learn at all. Why don't you just get the impression that, you know, she's been in New York for a year. Nobody cares. Seriously, nobody cares. Nobody's interested now. People have kind of grown up. That was of that moment. We've seen fake presenters. We all know what Anthea, you know, Anthea Turner looked like. You know, hello, hello. All a bit sort of squidgy, squidgy and a bit really getting up your nose. And so we have to sort of get rid of these people. So they just stop using them. And then every so often they bring them back like they're sort of resurrecting from a cemetery. I mean, who on earth is going to be interested in Christine Bleakley, for God's sake? And on the W channel. What's the W channel? I've never even heard of it. The W Channel. I've heard of BBC, ITV, BBC Two, Channel Five, Channel Four, and Living, and QVC. The W Channel? And they're going to find some celebrities. Obviously, nobody was interested over at ITV. So, the double is that the W Channel there? Good God in heaven. What shows have they got? Click on shows. Just show me shows very quickly. Uh, they've got Happy Valley. John. Oh, it's all repeat stuff, isn't it? All repeat stuff. Cast Interview. Starring Gary Sinise, blah, blah, blah. A new entertainment channel from UK TV. We are W. It's a brand new entertainment. Well, how can it be? They've got Christine Bleakley on it. She's not entertaining. Who do you think you are? And uh, it's a premium entertainment channel. Nobody's ever heard of it. It's a shame, isn't it? You have to pay for it. But they've got... Uh, There's nothing on there at all, is there, really? And most of it looks like it's, uh, it's a repeat of other, other stations' output. But as I say, they have got... That marvellous presenter, Matt Richardson, who everybody's heard of, not, and Christine Hayu Bleakley. 
In other words, I don't think we'll be wasting our time with that one. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Tuesday, the 4th of October. Uh, apparently, uh, one uh, BB says Strictly Champions Mark Ramprakash, Series 4, Asian. Alicia Dixon, Series 5, Black. Louis Smith, Series 10, Black. Who are these silly people? Why can't they engage their brain? This bloke who was voted off couldn't dance. Get over it. I just keep saying it's, it's, it's a little bit of flotsam, isn't it? It's a little bit of light entertainment. That's all it is. It's not a serious news programme. Uh, apparently, Anna says, the W channel is, is a new channel like Blaze. So I've never even, I don't even know what Blaze is either. There's so much rubbish on television, that's why I prefer the radio. I think so too. W's great though, somebody says, Australian MasterChef. Australian MasterChef, you know, fire up Barbie, put sausage on it. That's it, is it? How much more can it be? It's got Marco Pierre White on it. Oof, dear. No, thank you. And uh, Paul Celeb TV, who's doing the dishes, has been television, says Martin. Yeah, have you seen that? The people they put on there, nobody's ever heard of them. They had some poor bloke, Jake Quickenden, who was on it. Nobody knew who he was because he is nobody. He's an absolute nobody. He didn't win anything. He's done nothing at all. Quite understandable. But I suppose it's all they can get. They go, we got 20 quid. And they go, "Um, Jake Quickenden, he'll do it for 20 quid. He's a bit desperate. And um, somebody says W's a channel on Sky, which used to be known as Watch. It's linked to other channels, including Gold, Dave, Drama, Alibi. Says, but Alibi? Have you even heard of Alibi? God, there's obviously more TV channels out there that I, I need to know about than I know at the moment. Other stories in the papers, the, uh, the Daily Mail this morning. Uh, they're going, the truth behind the Kim heist. It just seems a bit odd, doesn't it? There's something, something about it. Something about it. The mystery of her ordeal. I think it is a mystery, actually. It's a mystery to everybody. Uh, plus, there's um, Who Killed Pat the Peacock, which is not very good indeed. Um... Were the gunman who targeted Kim Kardashian helped by her own updates on social media? I mean, she kept flaunting this ring off, didn't she? Three and a half million dollars. And here she is, every opportunity. And she's saying that uh, she was held up at gunpoint uh, with the gun held to her head and all the rest of it. And um, apparently the raiders escaped on the French equivalent of Boris bikes as Miss Kardashian struggled free. Her husband was informed in America and Courtney and Kendall were alerted. The family were placed under police protection. Why? A bit late now. They've got the jewellery. What are you do- They're so dumb, French police, aren't they? It's okay. Whole family, under police protection, 11 security members. No, they've robbed her. They've robbed Kim Kardashian. They've got the money, OK? They're not coming back for the bunch of flowers. They've got the money. They're going to... Dis- what do you think? They're going to wander in the next day or something like that. I mean, honestly, the police nowadays, it's seriously... I mean, it's like sort of dealing with the police in many countries. They're so, so dumb. And, um... Yes, Malcolm, is the answer. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I use these people all the time. I don't know why it would make any difference to anybody. I couldn't care less. You know, it's, it's like, if, if, if somebody's a good dancer, I couldn't care less whether they're a man, a woman, a pixie, an elf, or a goblin. It makes no... I couldn't care less, as long as somebody's good. And this, this Melvin O'Doom was voted out because she couldn't dance, so consequently he wasn't very good anyway, so they just got rid of him. Get over yourselves. You know, don't start looking at something else. Otherwise, we'll be coming back and going, I think this person was voted out. They were too tall. They don't do tall people at all. Uh, also, the mother who fears for the young airman who disappeared after a night on the town. Uh, this is Corrie McKeague, who's not been seen since he spent the night out in Bury, 30 miles away from the RAF uh, Marham in Norfolk, where a serviceman fought off two men of Middle Eastern appearance during an attempted abduction in July. Suffolk Police 
have revealed that they'd seized a bin lorry after phone records revealed his mobile had followed the same route as the truck before it disconnected from the network. So, but they've got nothing. For him to go missing is abnormal behaviour, but for him walking back is normal. Um, Good-looking young man, 23, I think he is, uh, Corrie, and he's just vanished. They've got CCTV footage of him walking through the town. He'd been out with comrades from RAF Honington in Suffolk, fell asleep in a doorway, and uh, uh, they say once he goes out, he's a creature of habit. He'll leave absolutely on his own. He'll go and get food, and if he has to, lay down and have a sleep before he goes home. Obviously not very good friends of his, so they decided to uh, to actually sort of leave in a doorway. And so he's, he's vanished, and we've got no idea where he is. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't feature on anything. Uh, Cheryl Cole, she does look, at, in this picture here, she does look pregnant. But there again, that's her business. It's no good. She's also, um, I don't know, she was out with, actually. She's dating Leanne Payne. Intensified uh, rumours that she's pregnant. Oh, to be honest with you, if, if, if you had to guess that she was pregnant, you'd go, yes, she's pregnant. She, could, of course, can't comment because, presumably, she can't speak. Perhaps she's got no idea how to put the words together. Are you pregnant? The answer just would be yes, darling, unless you've really got fat and you've had some, some really bad food. But uh, she's, ch- he's, she's changed his profile to say he's the happiest man in the world. And uh, Cheryl's mother, Joan Callahan, was pictured buying pregnancy items in mother care last week. I mean, is it not possible for you to just sort of say, yes, you're pregnant? I mean, is that, is that really common? Mind you, for her, that's probably a really difficult question. She probably doesn't know the answer. Probably not sure about the answer, is she, really? Very worrying, very worrying. Uh, what else? No running in the playgrounds. They don't like it, because kids run in playgrounds. But nowadays, they have to make sure that they don't. This is Hilford, Hilford Primary, who say they want to reduce the number of children who are ending up with injuries and bruises after bumping into each other. But that's what kids do. They bump it. I mean, <coughs> excuse me, if you didn't go home at the end of the day from school with, you know, grazed knees and blood or a plaster... On your knee. What was the point of going to school? You fell over in the playground. <laughs> and then you went home. And your mummy got you got a dinosaur plaster. Yeah, fantastic. What are, what are people worried about? That's what goes on. So now you can't run in the playground. Oh, dear. Steve, why did these people hold a gun to her head? I've got no idea. To be honest with you, they were obviously trying to work out how to actually get her out. And the only thing they could put her in, because of the size of her bottom, is the bath. So they sort of popped her in the bath. You thought, actually, having seen a picture of the bath... It's not very exotic. This is supposed to be super-duper place. It's obviously... Even the front door to this building, you go through... It's like most places you go through into a courtyard, then you go into sort of various flats or rooms or whatever they call them nowadays. Sort of jeets, I suppose. But in fact, it didn't even look very nice. It wasn't, uh, wasn't well looked after at all. I thought it would have been painted and, and everything. But obviously, perhaps she's fallen on hard times. Perhaps she hasn't got as much money as we thought. Very embarrassing, isn't it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um... Somebody says that they, uh, a lot of people talk about the Australian MasterChef. I didn't know there was such a thing, actually, as Australian Master. As I say, it, it, it's not very interesting, is it? You just sort of, you know, fire up the barbie and chuck a bit of chicken on there and that's it. That would be the sort of thing for the Australian. I mean, the very idea that you're going to get gourmet food in Australia is quite preposterous. Nobody cares anymore. I love watching it. I watched a little bit of Bake Off and I suddenly realised that everybody's blooming, blooming, irritating on the programme. At least there's no Christmas channel, says Bill. Oh, poor old Bill in Milton, Milton, Milton Keynes, poor soul, honestly. Here we go, you get dumber, 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 dumber. And, uh, and then you find Bill sitting there staring into the empty abyss. Nothing going on. He's stuck in Milton Keynes. 
your worst nightmare. The sort of place where if your neighbours come knocking on the door, you turn the lights off and hide behind the settee. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Lord. Dust. I think that's dust, or is that a message? That was like a message, wasn't it? If you have two little sneezes. I was watching that uh, well-known fraud on the television, the one who does the most haunted programme. She looks like she's haunted. And they always turn the lights off and then things happen. Because it's fake. And from, from top to bottom. It's rubbish, actually, why that thing is still on the television. I've got no idea. Perhaps people like laughing at Yvette Fielding, because she's so daft. I bet she could probably sit in here and things would probably start moving around over the table. Not. Because the moment somebody's there, they get this. Have you seen the American one? The American one's even more stupid. The American one is really, really bad. Really, really bad. I can't help but laugh at that one, because that really is uh, a very, very funny programme. Because they're even more stupid on that one. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, I like this story, actually. I'm a bit bored with Prince Harry. You know, we know he likes to get drunk and embarrass himself. But he goes off to, um, to an award ceremony. And there was a little boy there. Uh, his name's uh, Ollie Carroll. Uh, Ollie Carroll's a sweetie. He's an absolute sweetie. He's a terminally ill little boy. He's only, I think, five. And he's got a rare genetic condition, and he finds it very difficult. But when he saw Prince Harry, he stood up. Now, that in itself is an achievement for this little boy, who, as I say, is terminally ill. And eventually, uh, he's got uh, Batten's disease. Um, So he was born healthy. He'll eventually be unable to walk, see, eat or breathe. I mean, it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. You can't even begin to ask yourself the question, and is there a God... Quite clearly not in a case like this. But uh, he's got great difficulty controlling his limbs. He pulled himself up and uh, and his mum said to him, you know, not everyone gets a hug. You're very lucky indeed. And so he threw his arms round Prince Harry's neck. I um, mean, it's really sweet. You know, this little boy who... I mean, it just makes you want to cry. Seriously, it's a super picture... And uh, Harry's patron of the Well Child Charity he met him at the London ceremony, which celebrates the inspiring qualities of seriously ill young people and honours those who help them. And so uh, it worked really well, actually. Poor old Harry looks like he was desperate for a drink. He's still losing his hair and he's still got the funny beard. But uh, here he is. And this little boy, Ollie Carroll, managed to stand up and throw his arms around his neck. I mean, isn't that just the cutest thing ever? My God, you can keep any other story in the paper today. That's the one for me. That is the one that makes me feel a lot better about uh, life. Uh, the W Channel says Diane is the renaming of Watch. They, have, they show programmes like Grimm. Matt Richardson's a stand-up comedian. He presented the Extract, uh, Extra Factor uh, for one season. He's currently a presenter on Drive Out. Oh, really? Riveting. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, obviously, he's nobody. He's obviously nobody. And uh, Christian Rygate says Watch is mainly repeats. Well, that would be the effect that I suppose Christine, how you, bleakly has on people. She just makes people want to repeat. And uh, thank you about the Prosecco story. We ran it at the beginning of the programme. The, uh, the Slimming Prosecco, it's half, half the sugar. But if you buy a dry Prosecco, there will be less sugar in it. Uh, girls of seven are under pressure to look perfect. And I bet any mum listening at the moment with little girls goes, you are quite serious, quite serious, because... They're fed all this diet of baloney stuff. I was watching Britney Spears on the television the other day. I think she must have been on the Jonathan Ross show. She was miming. What do they bother putting a microphone on? The Five Star used to have little microphones and they pretended they were singing as well. They weren't singing either. And Britney Spears was definitely miming. Definitely miming. You cannot dance. 
And the dance routines were nothing worse than lame, I'm afraid. If that's the, that's the kind of fodder they were serving up in Vegas, my God, I'm so glad I ever went to see the show. It was really the worst kind of dancing. You want to see dancing? Go watch Beyonce. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. I thought that was good. Did you see the bloke from Glee dancing? The very gay bloke on Glee. He did uh, All the Single Ladies. And he did it in a leotard. He did it very well, actually. But, uh, no, Britney Spears. No, just didn't. Apparently she's doing Loose Women today. Britney Spears. From Las Vegas to Loose Women. I bet that Colleen can't be on today. Colleen Nolan cannot be on today. Because she's about as big as three sofas on there. And Britney Spears is like as thin as a pencil with the wood shaved off and two little marbles stuck at the top. You know, Colleen will have to go outside for half a dozen fags. She told us she was going on a diet and giving up smoking. I think that's all gone a bit by the wayside. But quite sweet of her to make an effort, I suppose. Uh, thank you very much indeed for... Uh, to, I was, was going to tell you the weather and then I decided just, just accept the fact that it's cold this morning. So my advice would be to put a vest on I don't possess a vest, actually. I keep many. I bought one of those vests. You know, you put it on and they say it holds everything in and it makes you look, you know, as if you're... Well, it's just like putting a giant elastic band over your body. And I, I purchased one. It's like a, a T-shirt, but it's made out of like um, a sort of an extremely tight... Not, not latex, but it's, it's, it's very ribbed or something. And the idea is it's supposed to hold all your stomach in. And... Well, you get two for the price of one, I think, or something. It's like 20 quid. So I bought it, and this thing comes out, and I put it on. It's a nightmare to put on. And you put it on, and it pushes everything up. So now I've got a 32 double D going on up here, and I don't really want... I don't know what to do. I'm going out there, and people are pointing and laughing, and I find it very embarrassing, all because I wanted to lose the stomach. And then I thought I could maybe get one of those tummy tucks or something like that, or I could be siphoned out where they insert the vacuum cleaner into you. But I looked at my vacuum cleaner this morning. I don't think there's enough room in the Dyson to get me all in there. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's ten to six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast with you till seven. Somebody says, do you know why the fairy sits on top of the Christmas tree? Surprisingly, I do. Surprisingly, I do know the story of, uh, of that. And it goes back uh, a long time when four of Santa's elves got very sick. The trainee elves, as you know, didn't produce as many toys as fast as the regular ones, and Santa was getting that pre-Christmas pressure. Then Mrs Claus, because Santa is married, told Santa her mother was coming to visit, which stressed him out even more. When he went to harness the reindeer, he found three of them were about to give birth. Two others had jumped the fence and were out heaven knows where. Then, when he began to load the sleigh, one of the floorboards cracked, the toy bag fell to the ground... And all the toys were scattered. Frustrated, Santa went into the house for a cup of apple cider and a shot of rum. When he went to the cupboard, he discovered the elves had drunk all the cider and hidden the liquor. In his frustration, he accidentally dropped the cider jug and it broke into hundreds of little tiny glass pieces all over the kitchen floor. He went to get the broom and found the mice had eaten all the straw off the end of the broom. Just then the doorbell rang. And an irritated Santa marched to the door, yanked it open, and there stood a little angel with a great big Christmas tree. And the angel said very cheerfully, Merry Christmas, Santa. Isn't this a lovely day? I've got a beautiful tree for you. Where would you like me to stick it? And so began the tradition of the little angel on top of the Christmas tree. Not a lot of people know that story, and I'm glad to, glad to, glad to give it to you this morning at nine minutes to six, just in case you're sort of worrying about, have you had the flu jab? 
and I haven't. I've got rid of the cold. I've now got to go and get the flu jab because apparently that's going to stop me getting the cold in future. But every year I get the flu jab, I get a, I get a dose of cold. But I've had the cough. I've had the sneezes. I've had, I've, I've had the usual sort of gubbins that goes along with it. So I think now I'm safe to go to the doctor's surgery and say I can have a flu jab. But I can't fit it in until next week. So I just don't, unless they do them in the afternoons. But I think what they do is they do them over the weekends. And I think that's going to, unless they open on a Sunday. They might open on a Sunday, actually. Um, a lot of people talking about, you're not believing this Kim Kardashian story. I find it, it is interesting because the, the Daily Mail have said, what is the truth behind the Kim heist? I mean, it seems odd. She's stayed in this place before. But over a sudden, over the last couple of days, she started flashing this ring in photographs. And that's apparently part of £10 million worth of jewellery. Is it all hers? Is it somebody else's who loaned it to her for British, uh, sorry, for British, for Paris Fashion Week? Because if it is, then there's normally riders saying there's got to be a security amount. You're not going to give somebody millions of pounds worth of jewellery to wear with no security. And it appears that in this flat, there is no security. There's a poor old concierge who sits out there who at gunpoint was marched to her rooms. I mean, what, what he could have said, what a bit easier is, well, she's not in and sort of pushed a panic button or something. I mean, are they not equipped for this? I mean, are they completely inept over there? Surely this place would be equipped with... I mean, I'm expecting, because I've seen the James Bond films, that, you know, you push a button and immediate metal shutters come down over the doors and the, the robbers can't get out anywhere. They're caught. You know, you do it here. We have fire doors in this building. In the event of a fire, all the doors that are held open by magnets close. So they contain the fire in, in sections. And I'm assuming you could do exactly the same in this sort of super-duper so-called block of flats, which is hidden behind a door. And, uh, and then you've got some bloke walking along the side of her car with a big umbrella open to stop people taking pictures. This woman thrives on publicity. That's what she does. She'll be giving interviews very shortly. You wait. It'll only take a matter of about a day before she realises she's got to do interviews. That's what they do. They're, they're people from a reality show in America. She's got no discernible talent at all. She can't sing. She can't dance. She can't do anything at all. But she's made a lot of money through being on a reality show and building up this persona of, of whatever else it's supposed to be. You know, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm slightly sceptical about the whole thing, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Malcolm says, I did watch an episode of Most Haunted... And you're spot on with your comments. The only person who shows any fear is Yvette Fielding. And, it, and it's just ridiculous, isn't it? You know, they sort of stand and they go, is anybody there? And of course there isn't anybody there, apart from the cameraman and you. Oh, dear. Kevin in Kent is feeling my pain. Yeah, I mean, don't ever buy one of these T-shirts that says it holds your body in. Because it just pushes everything up. And I could have got a job on one of those Thai ladyboy shows, but luckily I managed to hold out for it. I wanted more money. They, they weren't, weren't going to go for it at all. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. A lot of people say, you're, you're very sceptical about the Kim Kardashian thing. I mean, it does seem odd. Why would you sort of stage something like that? The trouble is, she obviously... It's, it, you know, the trouble is, America doesn't have any royalty. It had Nancy Reagan, but she's, she's passed on, thank the Lord. Uh, they don't have any royalty. The Kennedys used to be sort of the nearest thing to royalty, and now they've got the Kardashians. So it just goes to prove just how bad and desperate things must be. So what they found now, they found all these experts to turn up on all the television programmes and all the radio programmes. You know, a dual heist expert, a security expert. I've lost track of how many so-called experts there are on the television. People sort of say, well, of course, you know, she should have had a, a team of people around. Not one person who wasn't there at that particular time. Because that's the whole idea. If you're paying for a bodyguard and he's not there, how convenient. The night she gets held up by these things. Because I'm assuming if her bodyguard had been there, has he got a gun? Would he not have opened fire on these people? 
Would he not have been there to sort of look after it? It does seem odd, doesn't it? Where was he? Where was he? We have no idea. Uh, Johnny Boy watched a programme on diabetes. I didn't. I don't need to watch programmes on diabetes. I, I know what it is. I know what it is. I know I've got it. I don't need to watch anything else. Thank you very much indeed. I just wait till it sort of disappears or life finishes. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference. Jeremy Paxman says that university challenge students aren't that clever. And they've got a, a list of some of the questions that uh, that got edited out. Um, <laughs> there's one here. What is the sum of the fifth prime number and the fifth digit of pi after the decimal point? This is a good... Seven. You think the answer's seven? No. No, it's not, actually. Question number four is 20. But you'll know this one. Here is, here's a question specifically for you. Of the six Australi- Australian states, which is the only one to share a border with four others? Now, you'll know this because you're Australian. If you don't know this, then you'll, you'll be drummed out the brownies. You'll never make it any further. Out of the six Australian states, which is the only one to share a border with four others? Victoria? OK, do you want another guess? We'll take sort of an average, shall we? OK, so Victoria's your first guess. Which, what, what was your... Sorry? Western Australia? No. <laughs> okay, right, right, so... And he's Australian. He's Australian. No, the answer is South Australia. We're bound for South Australia. There was a song, wasn't there? I, I, I forget. With my foot in ten times. I love it. I love the, I love the, the Seekers. What a foot Bound for South Australia. That's all I remember about the song. I can't remember what the song was called. Well, I love that. That's you not knowing that and you're Australian. What do they teach you in school? How to get to England and get a job as quick as possible. <laughs> Make out you're in radio. They, they'll buy it. <laughs> Did they steal the French doorbell as well? That would have rings in it. Do you know, I just, I just wonder, actually, why a woman with £10 million worth of jewellery had nobody with her to protect her. Hey, she must have very lax insurance companies. That's all I can say. Dorman Dom says, for goodness sake, she should have had at least four armed close protection. I'm, that's what I can't understand. Why would she not? And also, they tied her up with these ties, but she managed to break free. How does that work? Insurance scam Steve Elizabeth Taylor always wore paste in public. Yes, I mean, what they do is they get copies made of their jewellery. And you would assume, put it this way, if ever you saw Elizabeth Taylor, you would assume, would you not, that all the jewellery she was wearing was the genuine stuff. But the insurance company had never let her wander out in that kind of thing. It would be there for special occasions, and there would be armed security who'd be going with it. Far too dangerous. But for Kim Kardashian, apparently nothing. Very odd. But that's what makes me laugh when they come out. She doesn't have any comment to make. She's very traumatised. She thrives on publicity. She doesn't actually do anything else. You know, does she design anything? No. I find it absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, I like this one here. They found some extinct elms, uh, which they actually thought they, um, they didn't exist anymore. They found them. Where are they? In the Queen's Garden. The Queen's got extinct elms, which they're not. They're not. Not anymore. Uh, Plus, Google launched for its uh, virtual reality phone. And uh, why now, I mean now, is the best time of year to weigh yourself? Because you know what's going to happen, isn't it? Coming up to Christmas, you're going to be inundated with all these third-rate Z-list celebrities trying to flog you their diet and fitness thing. And the first one will be that scarlet 
girl off the uh, off the goggle box thing. You know, oh, now I'm a thin person. Yeah, you'll put it all back on again. No bets on Cheryl's pregnancy. We find it's easier that way, actually, because she doesn't know the truth and uh, she doesn't even understand the question. The young Muslims who quit the faith now living in fear of violent revenge. No running in the playground. Elf and safety, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Home Secretary in the Lost Millions, Amber Rudd's business failings exposed. Kerry's joy at hubby reunion, hilarious. Run out of ideas. They don't want her on reality shows, so it's either get yourself pregnant, which she thinks is going to cement their relationship. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, and thou art a copper who knows Whittle. It's the worst insult you could ever have on this programme. That's me speaking Elizabethan. More of that after the news, which is next. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, the 4th of October. It's Steve Allen with you till 7. I trust you are well. It's nice to have your company. Nice to have anybody's company, actually, to be honest, as we head into the festive season. I know, I know, I know. It's not that... that it's, not, it's, it's fairly close, but you should start planning it already, because it'll happen like that. I'm always terribly depressed when you have the huge lead-up to Christmas, and it's over in a couple of days. And then they go, oh, right, it's sale time. And you go, why can't we still be celebrating Christmas? So, consequently, I start in about April. Oh, just dribbled. And um, that's always a good sign, I always think. And, um, and then keep it going all the way through. It annoys a couple of people, and, of course, I'm very happy with that. So, Merry Christmas, Jewel. I'll be the first one to wish it to you uh, at this time. Time of year. Anne Whittacombe's birthday today and the passports that vanish. Two of the stories that will be featured between now and seven o'clock. The truth behind the Kim heist. She'll be loving the publicity. Loving it. Apparently, she said loads of things, but I'm, I'm waiting to see, because I haven't seen it so far. We've seen line drawings. Haven't they got any CCTV pictures? Is there no CCTV of her walking in and gunmen coming in dressed as French police? I thought Paris was on lockdown. I thought the whole idea was that, you know, after all the jihadis and everything else, that they're in lockdown. And yet five people who escape on what is the French equivalent of Boris bikes can get in there with balaclavas on and with guns and hold it. Machine guns, by the look of it. I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you, really? Uh, the 600 passports that vanish in the post in just a year. And, uh, and somebody who's just tweeted me. Uh, called uh, Matt, well, Matt and Alex, uh, listening on the way to Gatwick. Poor soul, somebody's got to. Gatwick. I quite like Gatwick, actually, as an airport. It depends North Terminal or South Terminal. And uh, that's quite... And it's in the middle of nowhere. It's just like fields, isn't it? Always comes as a big surprise when the planes take off. But um, he's, uh, he's a recruitment officer, is Matt. But he wants to know about the Christmas tree. Is it true? Well, we could make it true if you wanted. I mean, I'm more than happy to sort of uh, to highlight anything on this programme. <laughs> and um, Christina says, I love the show. I'm a podcaster, but hopefully it's counted in your figures. Now, do you know that? I cannot give you the answer to, Christina. I wish I knew. I wish I knew what the answer was. I don't know, actually. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think that's counted there. But uh, anyway, and um, Annabelle says, I've woken the dog up laughing so hard at the vest tail. Why do people laugh at my misery? Don't ever buy one of these things because it was rubbish for me. It was absolutely terrible. It really was. And, uh, and Peter's the one who says, do you think it's odd? Kim Kardashian robbed by men dressed as police. In other words, was there nobody else outside this big double door? It's a huge door. It's on a, it's on a, a Paris street. And you would have thought that somebody would see five people turning up on bicycles dressed as coppers and nobody would think this was unusual. Where's the CCTV pictures? That's what I want to see. Uh, Mark is in America and he says, today's my birthday. How should I celebrate? I think with some aspirin and lying down in a dark room. There's no point in celebrating. Nobody else celebrates their birthdays. You? you get over a certain age and once you've been dispensed with the jelly and the ice cream and a magician or a puppet show, it's kind of downhill. By the time you get to 15, everybody's forgotten about your birthday. And in fact, even your parents go, oh, it's your birthday. Oh, right. Today? 
And you go, yeah, today. And they go, oh, right, we get a card for you. Used to be the advert on the telly. Do you remember little girls sitting at the window, looking out, and, it, and, it, and it's a little bit of rain and all of it on the outside of the window, and she's looking at And then the postman arrives, because it's her birthday. And the postman looks, at, looks up at the window, and, and the little girl smiles, and the postman shakes his head and walks on. He's got no birthday cards for her, and it's her birthday. And then, lo and behold, this advert ran on the television. The postman turns round. He was lying. The postman was telling fibs. He's got loads of cards for this little girl. So all of a sudden she's happy again. I'd have, I'd have been throwing things at him. What do you mean you've made her cry? Because that's what people want on their birthday. You go down to breakfast, don't you? When you were young, cast your mind back. I'm doing mine from memory. And, and you'd have your birthday cards stacked up on the table. Wouldn't you? And they'd be stacked up, you know, in between your eggy soldiers and a bowl of cornflakes or something. And then you'd open the, the cards. And of course, all you cared about was there wasn't any money inside them. Nowadays... I don't know what would be acceptable to put inside a birthday card. In my case, for my producer, I put... Well, I'm not going to tell you how much I put in there, but I put some money inside his birthday card. Sorry? Hundred? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Take a loan out for Christmas for a hundred. You're getting... Anyway, you're not getting any... You didn't even get the Australian questions right. You're getting nothing this year at all. Anyway, I've given you stuff over the year. You've had some chocolates. You've had a sandwich. I have spoiled you. What I've done is... I've, I've made a rod for my own back. Because what I've done is I've spoiled you into the finer things in life. Like, up until now, he's been happy with Morrison sandwiches. I've given him Marks and Spencer's. So, of course, it's, it's elevated. I've given you what? Pastrami. He's had all sorts of... Pastrami is, like, really expensive sandwich. I've given him some little chocolate things this morning, some lint chocolate teddies. The cheese. Didn't you like the cheese? Oh, you didn't understand the cheese. Wensleydale. Oh, right, you didn't understand that, did you? No. You liked it, though, didn't you? Know, that had, had the carrot chutney with it. That was nice. But again, I'm, yeah, he didn't like the pork pies. He thought they should have been hot. But there again, as I say, that's what you're dealing with in this world, ladies and gentlemen. I'm happy to put up with it. And luckily, I smiled through it in sort of, sort of gritted teeth. Uh, Hugh says, uh, as always, you're on fire. <laughs> so it's my Joan of Arc joke. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Really not a good idea, is it, this time of the uh, the morning? Uh, a lot of people retweeting about uh, Anne Emery, who died at 86. She was in Rent-A-Ghost, which we'll remember in this country, but, uh, but the best thing was the fact that she was in Billy Elliot for, for ten years. And uh, another one here. It's, uh, there's all sorts of people who seem to be heading to airports. Is there some reason why everybody's heading to airports at the moment, apart from trying to get away from this programme as quickly as possible? Uh, so there's a teenager... <coughs> Excuse me, this is the oddest story ever. And uh, she suffered three years of agony because of an ingrowing toenail. Now, I don't know if you've ever had... You're supposed to. You're supposed to. Well, especially as a diabetic, so I'm only telling you this as a diabetic. I can't do it for everybody else. Uh, you're supposed to keep your feet looked after and, you know, shave off and get one of these little machines for taking off dead skin and all that kind of thing and then, then putting cream on your heels. I mean, there's a, there's a bewildering array of things out there to make sure that you've got nice feet. Because men traditionally have bad feet. You know, you ask men, they go, do you cut your toenails? You go, mm, every so often. But now, men, it's perfectly acceptable to go into some of these nail bars and sit down, take your shoes and socks off, make sure you washed your feet first, uh, and let them do it. They will take all the dead skin off and they'll, they'll trim your toenails. Because this poor girl here had an ingrowing toenail. So in other words, what it does, it, it turns under on itself and starts growing into the skin. And you would have to leave it for a fairly long while for it to become as bad as this. So this girl called Hannah Moore has paid to have her leg amputated. 
I know, that dramatic, that dramatic. She made the decision, uh, despite the NHS doctors advising her against it, she said she couldn't be happier. Uh, despite no sign of infection, the slightest touch to her right leg brought her to tears, diagnosed with a very rare condition, which is called complex regional pain syndrome, which can be triggered by minor surgery. So uh, then her foot turned black and scaly. Years of, fa- tre- of, of failed treatment. She paid five grand to have her leg amputated, and it was done privately. And she says that uh, I'm very happy about it. Um, she says now I'm pain-free. Uh, interesting enough, she's, she's asked for more studies to be made into it, like, you know, the time that they're reining back in at the NHS. And so they've got a picture of her in her wheelchair with her prosthetic limb. She's decided that that's the way forward, although the NHS said that they couldn't understand, you know. I mean, they, they didn't want to do it because they said there was no guarantee that the pain would actually stop. You might still get pain. I mean, I don't know how long ago she had the operation done, but it's a bit dramatic, isn't it? bit dramatic, I think. And, uh, Steve, if these missing passports are new ones sent from the passport office, they don't go by post. Courier company, says Bev. Ah, right. Yes, I mean, I seem to remember I got one from a courier company. And you're supposed to provide uh, some sort of proof, aren't you, of identity. Uh, I once saw Elizabeth Taylor with Michael Jackson at the Albert Hall at a charity event. Elizabeth Taylor looked awful. Well, she wasn't blessed with height. And in her latter years, she sort of spread out sideways. She made a film... I think it was called These Old Broads, and I think Shirley MacLaine did it, and a few other of those. Big, I think Debbie Reynolds did it as well. Elizabeth Taylor played an agent who was bedbound, but still ruled these old broads who'd made a, who'd made a show. You should get it out. It's, in, it's, it's not a great film, but it's interesting to see, you know, when you look at a lot of talent uh, on one film set. I think it was Joan Collins, I think it was Elizabeth Taylor, and then there was a couple of other people as well, and one of them was Shirley MacLaine. And it would have been Debbie Reynolds. So it's a good little film, but not not a great little film. Uh, One here who says, I'm celebrating my birthday this year. I'll be having a tea party with my grandchildren. And I will make sure that there's jelly, ice cream and balloons. Oh, listen, you cannot beat. You cannot beat jelly and ice cream. I can't remember the last time I had it. Steve, if Kim Kardashian was robbed by guys dressed as police, why did they wear masks? Also, if they had masks on, why did they wear uniforms? You don't get police wearing masks. But also they turned up on bicycles. So five of them turn up on bicycles, holding machine guns by the look of it. And the man on the desk, who, when obviously somebody rung the bell, he would look at them and go, I'm not letting you in. I don't, and he would go on to the intercom. Can I help you? With the police. Sorry? With the police. You're not coming in. And because it kind of defeats the object, doesn't it? So he lets them in. He gets taken under gun, you know, point. they've got a gun pointing his head into her place. And then they take this jewellery from her and two telephones. What's the point of that? going to do with two telephones. One of them wasn't even hers. Something wrong about it, isn't it? It's, it's a bit odd. And she loses £8 million worth of jewellery. Slightly disturbing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. It's Steve Allen with you till 7, Monday through Friday. Uh, Saturday, I'm here between 5 and 7am with the best of Steve Allen and in conversation. And you know what a stack of celebrities are coming in this week, today, uh, I shall be recording George Takei from Star Trek. I think there's a 50th anniversary box set. I can't believe it's that old. It's not possible, is it, really? And uh, then tomorrow, we've got Danny DeVito coming in. Uh, then, uh, if you're into foodies, and I know you are, because we have a lot of chefs on this programme, Ken Hom and, um, and Raymond Blanc coming in. 
And then on Friday, it's quite a busy week, as you can see. Quite a busy week. Friday, uh, we've then got uh, Mr Armstrong and, uh, and Richard from Pointless. They'll both be coming in. And, uh, and there's somebody else coming in as well. I've now forgotten again. I have to keep checking. There's so many names that were wandering around in my head. I was trying to, uh, I was trying to remember everybody's name before the programme. And I was, I was losing... I was losing the battle. So uh, the person who's coming in on Friday as well, I think, is going to be Willem Dafoe. Uh, next week, Joe Malone is coming in. Very much looking to Joe Malone. Very much enjoying uh, that one. And uh, also Richie Cunningham is coming in as well. And, uh, and there's a comedian as well. A comedian. Uh, Jack Whitehall coming in, as well as Ron Howard. So it's, it's going to be a busy sort of week. And that's only what we've got so far in the diet. There's loads of other things which are coming up. I just can't tell you about them all because they're not all confirmed. Ian says, I was reading The Mirror the other day and uh, Colleen's got an agony aunt column. Oh, she's had it for ages. I don't know whether or not she actually replies. I don't know whether she finds the time. But uh, she used to be in a band and wasn't even the main singer. I don't think she featured on any of the records either. I think she did La La's at the back. And having heard her sing, you suddenly realise she doesn't actually sing very well. Uh, I want to become, says Anne, uh, some sort of celebrity. Nothing very special, but I'm a qualified psychologist and I've taught in a variety of subjects, mainly music. I am retired and I have time on my hands. The problem is confidence and I'm worried about my age. Um, I know you've written a book. I know, I have. It's called So You Want to Be a Celebrity. It's uh, a nice little pocket book, And it basically says, you know, anybody can be a celebrity. That's why we've got people. The trouble is some of them don't handle it too well. Some of them go off the, uh, the rails. Uh, you can be a celebrity through association. You can become a celebrity. I mean, for example, whoever wins the lottery tonight of 120 million, if you go for publicity, you're going to become an instant celebrity because you've got 120 million pounds. But just think, if you're sitting there thinking that 120 million could be mine, look either side of you as you drive through London. Imagine that every single house that you pass for miles and miles buys a ticket. It's got to find yours. That's how unlikely it is of finding a winner tonight. But it might be. It might be. Could be you. 120 million would, would make you a celebrity. Because then what you would do is you then become a benefactor. And so you would write to all the newspapers. You get yourself a PA. The PA would then start putting out stories about you saying, you know, 120 million pound lottery winner Anne uh, is going to be giving away 100,000 pounds today to needy children in Zimbabwe or whatever it happens to be. But all of a sudden you become a celebrity, you become a benefactor. Or failing that, you take your 120 million out there. You find somebody from Geordie Shaw or somebody from Essex or from Chelsea, have a bit of a fling with them, take them out a few times, get yourself photographed, and before you know where you are, you've created celebritydom. So, I mean, I don't think 70's too old. I don't think 70's too old. No, I think it's, um, I think it's, I think it's doable. I think it's doable. Whether or not it's, it's doable, you know, without anything at the moment, you've got to have a little bit, a little bit of something. You, you, have, to, you have to have a little bit of something to, to sort of keep you going through. I mean, I would probably... Not that I would ever want to be a celebrity. I can't think of anything worse. It's ridiculous. And um, it's, it's a case of people think if you're on the radio, you're a celebrity. And some people might be celebrities. I'm not one of them. I'm just a radio presenter. I have no interest in being a celebrity. I've seen, I've seen so many desires. Look at that car crash that is Daniela Westbrook. The car crash that is Jordan. All deeply unhappy people, no matter what... what, what Rubbish. They spin you. They're all deeply unhappy with their lot. You know, Chantel Houghton, another one, deeply depressed. You've only got to look at pictures. Have you ever seen this woman look happy? Never. Looks miserable all the time. And you think, because they don't do anything. They don't have enough in their life to occupy them. Jordan spends all her time Googling herself to see what people are saying about her. And it's, it's never a particularly good thing. 
Never a particularly good thing. Uh, Paul says, you will remember the Watch Channel when I tell you it was the station that Richard and Judy went on after they quit this morning. The show one day registered zero viewers and got pulled. As for the listener in Milton Keynes saying no Christmas channels, humbug, there's at least one that's showing nothing but Christmas films on air already. Yes, he is in Milton Keynes, though, and you know what that's like. That's where they put very lonely people in Milton Keynes. Go down there and you become even more lonely in Milton Keynes. I don't think there's anything to recommend it. But, Paul, thank you very much indeed for that. Nice to hear from you uh, this morning. Somebody says there's a police helicopter hovering over your building. Oh, how lovely. How lovely. I've also I always wanted to do that James Bond thing, not the James Bond thing, the bloke with the with the black magic chocolates. That'd be quite nice, you know, and you cling on to this this ladder and then you think, oh, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, Tony says Christmas decorations going up along Oxford Street. Are they what this early? This early? Blimey, I suppose they, they could be, couldn't they? Producer says, no, you're lying. He says, you're lying. He says he was on Oxford Street uh, earlier today and there's nothing. So, no friends. Uh, <laughs> 84850, Um Gloria Hunnifer's uh, done a piece in The Express today about saving her husband's life after a stroke. Her husband uh, used to have a salon, used to feature on my programme. Stephen Way used to feature on my programme. He would come on and give uh, hair advice. Uh, because all the celebrities used to go to Stephen Way's salon. They probably still do. And, uh, in fact, I saw Stephen only a short while ago with Gloria at uh, at Cliff's uh, party. Looking very, very well indeed. And so she's talking about uh, he had a stroke and she luckily recognised the signs. He came in and started mumbling about his left arm feeling like cotton wool. Uh, she was literally only minutes away from going on to the one show so they had a car with a driver outside. They got in the car and went straight to A&E and it was fine. But uh, she said at least he was lucky because we got very quick treatment and uh, because that's it. And they then said he'd had a mild stroke because I don't know what brings it on. I don't know. I just know that, that stress makes diabetes worse. That's what I discovered ages and ages ago, that if you have stress, it makes your diabetes worse because you worry about things. And I don't, I don't know why that does it, but it seems to have some sort of, some sort of effect. Having told you the other day that 2.4 million people couldn't live without their mobile phones, I said I would probably have to include myself in that because you rely on your mobile phone for everything. I rely on it for if you're bored on the train, you don't want to read a book or sit staring out the window. You just go on your phone, you check your emails, you check your, your texts, you can write some things up, you can check on a site, you can look on all sorts of sites, can't you, and find things if you want to buy something or you can order something on Amazon, whatever it happens to be, you can do it. On your telephone. So what they did, they actually asked a lot of people how they would cope. And they couldn't find anybody really famous. So who they came up with is uh, Esther Ranson. Could you last a day without your phone? And she said, the worst moments are when I suddenly realise I've left my phone behind because it's got invaluable emails on it, keep my diary on it and everything else. Then they asked um, party guru Liz Brewer, Judy Finnegan. That must have been an interesting one. Judy. Judy, it's the Express on the phone. How, how, could you manage without your phone? Judy. And the other one, Dom Jolly. They've got him down as comedian. Obviously not. He says, I spend a lot of time sitting in cars. Well, you would if you're working as a chauffeur, I should imagine. You can't be working as a comedian, can you? Surely that finished ages ago. And so they asked sort of people about it. And, um, 
And so they're now going to have a phoneless Friday. Oh God, I can't think of anything worse. A phoneless Friday. But that's all you can get nowadays, really. Uh, if you want to feel happier and less stressed, get a furry friend. And a furry friend would be, uh, would be a doggy or something like that, or a pussycat. Because people get very attached to their pets, even though, contrary to what we're, we're told, we're not really the nation of animal lovers that we are led to believe. We don't. We abandon more pets every year. It's very sad. It's very tragic. We, uh, we mistreat animals. We saw it the other day, didn't we? Somebody going down the road, practically dragging a horse behind them in a foal. I mean, really, just absolutely appalling. Absolutely appalling. Uh, so the Kim Kardashian story is the one that's going to run today with a lot of people... You know, I'm just waiting for her to uh, to make some sort of pronouncement about what a traumatic of, uh, event it's been. But I can't help feeling, you know, where was her where was her bodyguard? And if she's got millions of pounds worth of jewellery, where was her team of bodyguards? How were these people able, arriving on bicycles, the French equivalent of, of, of sort of the Boris bikes, uh, outside? Was there no CCTV? Why have we not got images already? Why have we not got images inside the apartment? You know, we should have, if this place is supposed to be as good as we're told it is, and people have been there before, I would think, actually, the people who, um, the people who run them, they must be having cancellations left, right and centre. That easy to get in there. Somebody turns up dressed as a policeman, dressed as a policeman, if you please, and gets, uh, and gets in. <laughs> I'd be cancelling a booking immediately. I wouldn't be hanging around there anymore, thank you. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. I'm here Monday through... Sorry, I don't know why I clap my hands there. There's no particular... Perhaps I thought I was going to a Morris dance or something. So, uh, yeah, Steve Allen get... And what was that song? I'm trying to think what it was now. Something... Cow Girls on the Outside. I think it was Malcolm McLaren. Butterfly Girls or something? What was it? Oh, round the Outside. Da, 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 da. Go round the Outside. Shut the papers. Makes it easy. There's no point in me worrying about things like this in the morning. Little Julie tells me that uh, she's already watched... Uh, that Field of Dreams film, If You Build It, He Will Come, which we got Ray Liotta to do for, for James O'Brien. That was a good interview. You must go onto the LBC website, seriously, and, and check out all these celebrities who come in for In Conversation and all the programmes you can download. It's, it's a, really is brilliant. And then Jamie in Watford, poor soul, somebody's got to be there, says, uh, are you a believer in the paranormal? Sadly not. No, not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Not in any way, shape or form. Until I see something... You know, like a producer. Um, I, I don't believe in anything like that at all. Front pages of the papers. That's what we have a look at between now and seven o'clock. Just so we can sort of kind of dissect the world and, and try and put it into context. So you know exactly what people are going to be talking about today. Because people will be talking about these stories today. Uh, so the, the Express say they appear to have four stories. They've got the Tory party conference, which is where Nick Ferrari is coming from this morning. Talking about we're going to get more British doctors. Where they're coming from, we have no idea. No idea. They're also talking about British doctors who join the NHS, having been trained up and then leave to go to more lucrative jobs, will be fined. They'll have to pay money to opt out of the NHS. Uh, has Cheryl found uh, love? Well, she's probably... I mean, she's given up on the music career. The presenting career's finished on television. So she might as well get herself pregnant. She looks pregnant in the pictures, unless it's sort of somebody being a bit wicked and doing airbrushing. But uh, when they asked her, she didn't have any comment to make. As I say, I'm assuming, because she's not particularly bright... She didn't even understand the question. She got no idea. And yet she must know. She must know. I don't know. Why would they keep this secret as if there was some, you know, is there some sort of... Ooh, mustn't, mustn't we talk about Cheryl being pregnant? Uh, the school who bans the pupils from running in the playground because they don't want any more accidents. Uh, they reckon if little kids run around, but even big kids run around, don't they? And they do have accidents, so they fall over. I mean, you know, it wasn't considered 
you know, going to school properly unless you'd fallen over and had a grazed knee. Most kids went, went home with cuts and bruises and this and that. And everything. what did you happen? Well, little Willie pushed me over and George did this to me and all that kind of stuff. I should imagine by the time you get to Prince George going to school, he'd be pushing the kids around all over the place. I'm Prince George. Come here. Come here. Go and get me something to drink. Milk. Milk will do. We're going to Canada again. I got a free holiday. Who are you? Lucinda. Go away. It's going to be great, isn't it? I can't wait for him to grow up. I wonder what he's going to be like when he grows up. We can only hazard a guess. Uh, TV's glory. The twist of fate saved her husband Stephen's life after a stroke. Luckily, she recognised that something was, uh, was going on and was uh, amiss, so she called the doctor. Uh, the Cheryl story inside. I mean, she looks pregnant. It's either that or she's got a terrible case of bloatedness and wind. In which case, you know, let's send her a kite as soon as possible. Who killed Pat the Peacock? The village who've been plunged into a whodunit mystery. It's a bit more than a whodunit mystery. Some, somebody's taken out one of these magnificent creatures. The, murder, the bird arrived two years ago in uh, a place called Thimbleby, which nestles on the edge of the North Yorkshire Moors National Park, became a fixture, hopping from one home to the next where villagers would feed it. Because I have to tell you something about peacocks that you're probably not aware that you never actually own a peacock. Sometimes there was a lady who, who wrote in Country Life, I think a few weeks back, that they have peacocks as well. She said, but sometimes they disappear for two years. Then they just turn back up again. Uh, there's one in Regent's Park at the moment. It, it belongs in a, in a garden, and sometimes it sits in a tree and hops down. And sometimes it just it disappears. At the moment, it's on its disappearing. But anyway, uh, Pat the Peacock was not loved by everybody, and uh, police were called after reports of gunfire. Officers failed to find a victim until it was realised Pat had vanished from the tree to which he roosted, leaving only a few feathers. One villager said this person who did this was very careful to cover his or her tracks. So they haven't actually found the bird. Uh, Peafowl are not covered by the wildlife protection laws, but uh, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people complaining about their life being disturbed. They do make a bit of a noise, but what's the matter with that? Heavens above, you get more noise from, you know, my Auntie Enid, I mean, she's only got to bend down. She picks herself up again, so, I mean, why worry about peacocks and things like that? Lovely. They look so gorgeous as well. The, the Daily Mail, they've got uh, the mystery of Kim Kardashian's ordeal, in inverted commas. What is the truth about the, uh, the heist? And uh, most of you seem to be fairly cynical this morning, not really accepting anything at all. Very odd that she flashes the jewellery for two days, then mysteriously her bodyguard disappears to go where, we've got no idea, and she gets robbed in a building that's supposed to be, like, really secret and really top-notch, really high-end. And yet, you know, the security man, the concierge, call him whatever you want, he let them in there, let them into her apartment, and they held her up, they held a gun to her head, and they got the jewellery and, and, and got out again. Quite normally. What, what happened to the concierge? We've got no idea whether he was locked up in the bathroom with her. I, I really don't know. There's obviously no, no panic buttons. There's no nothing in this place. Sounds blooming useless. You know, if you've got £8 million worth of jewellery, in fact, more than £8 million, they're saying that she was robbed of £8 million worth. So she had other jewellery as well. Perhaps they didn't like that. Perhaps it looked like it had come off one of those silly little channels that we've got in this country that flog all the old tat. 
and try and convince you that tanzanite is really the rarest gem in the entire the entire universe and solar system. So um, how how true is it? Uh, how untrue is it? Uh, there are lots of loose ends, but as I say, the French police are not exactly the brightest in the world. So this could take for some time. Seeing as five of them managed to turn up, they weren't policemen. They were they were just people involved in it. Somebody will get caught because they'll find one of them, and that will lead to the other the other four. I'm assuming. Uh, also, the soldiers' victory over the legal vultures. This is after a mail campaign. The British troops protected from Human Rights Act claims on the battlefield. So um, I think that's actually a bit of a bit of a breakthrough. And I think it's about uh, about time that these people who sort of have, have given up their uh, their lives and their existences and so many of them coming back, you know, to face a life of absolutely nothing at all. Uh, there's also the anguish of the 50 plus women who go off sex. Millions too embarrassed to seek help from GP. I don't know, actually, I think GPs are far more aware of these sort of things. It's just that people don't like to talk about it. If you're over 50, you probably come from a generation where you didn't talk about SEX matters. It was it was not the sort of thing that you ever discussed. You know, kids never discussed things like that with their parents, did they? I don't think so. My, my, my godchildren are fairly liberated and their parents are fairly liberated. But uh, I never discussed anything like this with my parents. They did a study of uh, of men and women as well, to find out that uh, that people don't go to seek help from the GP. And yet there is help available. There is help available. I remember being offered Viagra myself. Because being, di- <laughs> being a diabetic, you know, they say, oh, you might have, uh, might have sort of erectile dysfunction. God, I never thought I'd be saying that at 19 minutes to 7 in the morning. <laughs> God, honestly, blimey. I thought it was bad enough when Claire Rayner was around and we were talking about wings. Anyway, so, um, and so she said, you know, if you require it, just let me know. And mm, thank you. I don't know who's more embarrassed, her or me. Probably both of us, I should imagine. <laughs> uh, bound, gagged and dumped in the bath. Well, there's my night sorted out. Uh, no, this is Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and uh, here we go. But no, no pictures. There's no CCTV footage. There's no nothing at all. They say the crime with all the hallmarks of the notorious Pink Panthers. Da-dum, da-dum. It's exciting, isn't it, really? Not really. She was apparently held at gunpoint. And uh, give us your jewellery. It's in the bag. And then they left her there. But as I say, we don't, don't really know what happened to the concierge. Perhaps he was helping them ride the bicycles or something. It's odd, isn't it? Do they sort of phone up and go, she in now? Yeah, she's in now. Pop round, whenever you like. Um, here's, um, this is a very odd story. I don't like this story, actually. This is uh, Carolina Hearn's ex-husband. Claims the late Mrs Merton star abused him physically and emotionally. Dear, we don't want to read things like that. Why do these people come out after somebody dies and start touting their, their tragic stories? You know, it's, it's very sad. Her brother Patrick said, I know Caroline would want everybody to be happy and not sad, and I think we should now remember the comedy legacy that she's left for us. R.I.P. Caroline. I agree. These people who crawl out the woodwork. Mind you, hilarious, isn't it? Poor old um, Gemma Collins never one to sort of look a gift horse in the mouth. A tragic person. From literally neck downwards. Anyway, her uh, her one-time boyfriend has been given a second jail sentence for burglary. Oh, she does mix with the class acts. Stephen Mortimer has been jailed for two years for a raid in May in which he stole jewellery for a home. Yesterday, given a second two-year term for a break-in 11 days later where he took £100 in coins. Oh, dear. What a shame. Anyway, he moved into his mummy's one-bedroom flat. He's still since become homeless. But of course, I think that's the second person who's uh, been associated with prison that Gemma Collins seems to hang around. There's somebody else from that programme, isn't there? He's also been hanging around with, uh, with an old lag, as they call them. Um, da, 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 three little gripes. 
put us in a bad mood for the day, what would be the three little gripes? Uh, firstly, traffic. We spend our entire life, in London we do, and probably where you are, up and down the, uh, the country, complaining about the traffic. Where does it all come from? Where are they all going? Why are they here at this time of the morning? Why don't they just leave the car at home and get the bus? Uh, number nine, work relationships. So I don't think that's a gripe, actually. I get on with everybody at work. I love everybody. I don't, I don't sort of think about, you know, bad relationships. Uh, number nine, oh, there you go, this applies to you, bad hair day. You know when you have a day when you sort of, you wake up and you go, oh, God, what am I going to do with it today? You know, so now you started playing with it. It's so obvious, so obvious. Uh, no Wi-Fi on the way to work. That would be a gripe, would it? That would be a gripe. Uh, high Street Coffee. What would, I don't understand why there'd be a gripe about that. I mean, oh, the chains. <coughs> but also, everybody likes a cup of coffee on the way to work, don't they? I love the people who have their own cups. They take their own cups in and they get them filled up. You see them sitting on the train in the morning. I like them. No, it's not a thermos. No, it's a, it's a, a cup. You buy the cup and then they, they fill it up every time, which is quite nice. Uh, lack of cash. That's a gripe, is it? Lack of cash. Never going to affect us, is it, really? We don't worry about things like that. Uh, number three, your partner's mood. I'm going to work now. I said I'm going to... Oh, God, and Alan. I'll catch you later, shall I? You miserable old bag. <laughs> that apparently puts you off when you go to work. You should never go off to work or go to bed at night having had an argument. You've got to sort it out, definitely. The weather. We're so British, aren't we? What's the weather going to be like? I always say to people, look out the window. You know, why don't you tell us what the weather is, Steve? Because I really couldn't care less. Uh, and number one, here we go, the classic. What do you think number one is? Could you guess number one? It's too little sleep. Too little sleep. People going, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. You go, well, you need some more sleep. And you do certain things throughout the day. And I feel sorry for people who are getting up now. I mean, I'm fairly chirpy because I'm fairly chirpy anyway. And, and they're going, oh, I really don't want to go. And you, and you know you've got to get into the bathroom before the kids get in the bathroom and everybody else gets in the bathroom because they're going off to school and the wife's going to get the kids ready and then somebody's got to do breakfast. And then, listen, how many more... T- how much longer are you going to be in the bathroom? Hello? Is anybody... Li- no, nobody's listening. And so you get into the bathroom and you haven't really got enough time for a shower. And if you've only got an immersion tank, by that time the water's gone cold because the kids have left the hot tap running. So you've got no more hot water in there. So you're kind of fed up with the whole blooming thing. And then you turn on the radio and there's a happy little soul like Steve Allen going, hello, and you're thinking, I really hate you. Don't really, do you? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It is Tuesday, isn't it? I get quite confused with the days. As we get ever near... I know somebody wrote to me a moment ago and said, please, don't talk about Christmas just yet. We've not had Halloween. And I don't know why we've actually taken on Halloween, as if it was something important. Who cares? Who cares? But all the shops will be full of all the decoration. Poundland has got tons of it. Of sort of masks and things like that, and kids go out. Is it trick or treating? I think at Halloween, I just electrify the front doorbell. It's far more entertaining to watch people go, ring, ring, ah! And you just hear the scra- sta- strangled scream coming from somebody. Uh, Stephen told me it's the Buffalo Girls uh, go round the outside. It was Malcolm McLaren. Thank you. Steve's in Edinburgh. Actually, a few people told me about the, that as well, and uh, also uh, Harry in in Ghana. Really in Ghana, good Lord above. Anyway, so it was Buffalo Girls Go Round the Outside. I must get that record, I must watch it actually, because I thought it was quite a good song. Even though I just remember the line, Buffalo Girls Go Round the Outside, and I didn't know who Buffalo Girls were and why they went round the outside. Anyway, I'm sure it's something we'll, we'll unravel as the, as the weeks go on. Catherine uh, was a lady who's got this complex regional pain syndrome. She says, I can attest. 
to just how painful and horrendous a condition it is. The pain is uh, suggested to be as painful as amputation of a finger without any pain relief. Woo! She says, but all I can say is it's mindlessly painful and has impacted my life in many ways, but strangely, not all negatively. Front page of The Sun this morning, it's uh, Army Human Rights opt-out. Theresa May, who's going to be with Nick Ferrari on breakfast this morning from Conservative Party conference. She will today halt tank-chasing lawyers in their tracks by placing our troops outside of European human rights for future conflicts. The move will anger the Strasbourg court, but is being welcomed by campaigners. Uh, Kim Kardashian, Sunday ring on finger, yesterday no ring on finger. Pleads for life with gun at head, so she says. Gagged and dumped in bath. It was empty, by the way. Uh, ring and phone secrets nabbed. I mean, what sort of people she have on her phone? What do you think? These people, <laughs> the people who pinched it. The five people who dressed up as gendarmes. That must be a trick and a half, mustn't it? <coughs> Where you get gendarme uniforms from, I've got no idea. Apart from French policemen. And, um, and so she's uh, said so they, they pitched her telephone. What are they going to do? Start phoning people up going, hi, we've got your jewellery. Put the phone down again. Because once they turn the phone on, it's going to send out a message. So somebody somewhere is going to go, I can tell you where that phone is now. That's how they'll find them. They'll find them through the phone being on. If that phone is off, what's the point of having a phone that's off? That's a pointless exercise. Unless they took the phone so that they couldn't phone for help. But uh, as I say, there was a little bit of uh, a little bit of help. Good. Uh, Kelly Brook is still a model, apparently. Heavens above, honestly, the things you learn. Kerry Katona says she wants a new start with George K. Yeah, new start, new finish, new story to sell. And that's about as bad as it's going to get for poor old Kerry. What a disaster. Uh, front of the Daily Star, the £9 million gem raid. It's gone up from £8 million to £9 million. I suppose it depends on the exchange rate, doesn't it, really? You try and work out who's actually got the most. The tormentor's beauty held at gunpoint. But you can't help feeling, can you not, that, you know, if somebody goes on social media and starts showing off £3 million diamonds, there's going to be somebody going, and she's staying with... Same apartment, is it? Let's go round there. Let's dress up in that old, uh, that old outfit. Uh, 84850... Uh, Brendan in Belfast says Cheryl's not making any comment on her pregnancy uh, or not. She's decided to wait until her doctors have confirmed that it's definitely hers. I like the idea. If you look at the pictures, though, in the paper, I mean, she does look as though she's pregnant. But I just don't understand why. She's nobody. Why she can't understand the question. Are you pregnant? No, uh, no comment. Do you know whether you're do you know what pregnancy is? Should we explain it to you? That's where you have with, you know, with little Liam. And then maybe you feel as though you've got a bit of... You've eaten maybe sort of a full English in the morning. And that's that's pregnancy. Why, eh? Means you're going to have a babby? Wow. What, me? I can't believe it. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's good. Why can't you just say, yes, she's pregnant? Or no, she isn't. Why Why there's some big secret? You're flogging the story to Enid Blyton or something. Today, Cheryl gets pregnant. You can just see it, can't you? I mean, just imagine her sitting home going, oh, the press are really interested in me because I'm pregnant. And he's going, by whom? (laughs) He's probably as surprised as the next one. Uh, Who wants to go into I'm a Celebrity? Uh, Michael Jackson's um, Conrad Murray. They call him the Killer Doctor. He wants a special bonus to star on I'm a Celebrity. Why on earth would we want that person on a British I'm a Celebrity? Thank you very much indeed. He's asked for um, an extra payment because of his medical skills. They've got doctors out there, mate, and I wouldn't trust your medical skills as far as I could throw them. They say he's actually pulling out all the stops to get more money. Um, very interestingly enough, ITV denied they're in talks with him. 
Because I've read this three times now over the past month or so. And they've actually said, we've never approached this man to be a contestant. Why would you want him? Why would you want somebody like that from America? No, thank you. No, thank you, Rochandy. Listen, I don't mind you finding a few bimbo and porno stars and stuff like that. I don't want uh, Conrad Murray, thank you very much indeed. Not this century, not next century, not ever at all. Uh, the doctor's story, which I told you earlier about, if they quit the NHS early, they'll have to pay back thousands. Why should we train somebody up for them to go elsewhere? No, 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 we're, we're training you up to, to be part of the NHS. This is the front of the Times. Uh, plus the British troops exempted from the human rights law. And the war of words after a novelist's true identity is exposed. I don't know if you read this story. I read this yesterday. And uh, this is the Italian novelist called Elena Ferrante. She's been writing under a pseudonym since 1992. She appears to be confirmed yesterday as Anita Raja, a translator based in Rome after an investigation into Raja's sudden increase in wealth. It prompted an outcry over her right to hide her identity uh, and the disgusting journalism that outed her. It's interesting, isn't it? So what they've said is that it could lead to a backlash of authors because there were loads of people. I thought there was a man who was writing for, for one of the, uh, the women's... Uh, publishing houses, which published novels that women would... But he was a man, but they thought if they gave him a woman's name, then people would, would buy the books. They wouldn't have bought it if it had been under a man's name. So they gave him a woman's name. And he, strokes she, he's not a trans, transsexual or transgender person. Or they, he's just a man who happens to write these sort of, um, these sort of things. And so they then, sort of, um, they then sort of out them. Here she is, a lesbian on the run with her children has broken her silence to criticise the political correctness. This is a teacher. Uh, police have accused her of abduction. Oh, blimey, honestly. The more bizarre stories you find in the newspapers every, every day. <laughs> it's amazing. It was milk chocolate, not black magic. I couldn't remember what it was. I could not remember. Uh, Pauline Maidstone says, uh, I've never laughed so much early in the morning. Stood in front of the mirror again, have we? Had a quick look at ourselves? I do that. Do you do that in the morning? You know, when you climb out of the shower? Do you drape yourself in towels? OK, my, my story, admittedly. And then I sort of stand in the mirror and I try and work out if I look my age. Do you do that? I've discovered I do if I change the light bulb from 60 watts to 25. 25 watts is fantastic. Or failing that, if you really want to go one step further and be ahead of the crowd, candles. Candles. Everybody looks brilliant under candlelight. Seriously, it's, some of my best looks have been done under candlelight. Uh, Sydney says, I love the show, which is good. And uh, Angela says, um, you make my journey to work something to look forward to. Oh, we'll soon stop that, actually. And uh, it says, you take my mind off any troubles. Yes. Everybody's got trouble. Everybody's got something to worry about, haven't they? Mine was bills last month. Gosh, truth, honestly. Bills, bills and more bills. They all came in at the same time. It was an absolute blooming nightmare. Front page of the Daily Telegraph. The little boy. I'll tell you, you'll like the picture. This is a five-year-old. His name's Ollie Carroll. He doesn't know that he's terminally ill. He doesn't know that. And, and why should he? That he will go blind. He will eventually not be able to walk or stand up. And he won't be able to see. And you think to yourself, it's not right. It's such a rare illness. He won't, he won't make too much longer in his life. It's terrible, isn't it? But he does his greatest show of courage for Prince Harry. He stands up. He actually stands up. I mean, it might seem nothing to you, but I promise you, to this, to this little boy's mum and to Prince Harry, and he put his arms around his neck, he probably didn't have the faintest idea who he was. He probably doesn't know who Prince Harry is. All he knows is that there was somebody there who looked like he was interested in him. And so he, um, 
he stood up. It's the most touching picture. Seriously, out of all the pictures you'll ever see today, and there's some pictures. I mean, I really couldn't give a forex, like many of you as well, about uh, about Kim Kardashian and her jewellery hold-up. I'm not really, I'm not fussed either way. I really couldn't care less. That's her problem. But uh, a little boy who's terminally ill, who stands up, that, that gets my vote. That gets my absolute vote. Anyway, that's it for this morning. Thank you so much for your company. You've been very kind, very generous. And uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. I'm here every day. Uh, <laughs> it's your own problem. Your own fault, I think. Uh, and I'm here between uh, four and seven. You can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. You can download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. You go to lbc.co.uk. Leading Britain's conversation at 10, it's James O'Brien. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Steve Allen Show, at Steve Allen Show. Right now, though, he's live from Birmingham, Nick Ferrari, at breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.